You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for a Survivor Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers recap, and it's our technically our first recap of the season. Having to cover two episodes here after uh, obviously a bit of a misfire for our first week, we are uh, coming to you now to to cover two episodes, and here I was. Thinking, US Survivor, hooray, I can go back to just talking about one episode a week. I don't have to cover like 30 episodes a week like we've done on New Zealand and Australian Survivor. But what happens for our first recap? We're covering two episodes. But what better way to do it than with a person who can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, (laughs) just like me. Because again, as I always have to point out every time he's on the show... He still holds the record for the longest ever interview uh, on this show back in the Survivor Oz days. Four glorious hours of Dan Foley. And at this point, who knows how long we're going to last for. Doubt we're going to go for four hours on these two episodes. We'll see how we go. I just mentioned his name from Survivor Worlds Apart, Mr. Dan Foley. Dan, welcome back to the Oz Network. Thank you, thank you. Four glorious hours. I don't think that's the adjective I would have used, but sure, we'll go with that one. All right, let's, uh, yeah. I can think of worse worse ways to spend four hours, Um, a couple at least. You know, honestly, it it was fun. I always enjoy talking with you, Ben. I'm glad, I'm glad. Your payment will come soon for having to say those positive things about me there. (laughs) So uh, I I appreciate that. But yeah, obviously, uh, we're here to cover two episodes because um, our... Sort of first one kind of fell through. Debbie is coming on the show, but sort of some scheduling conflicts kind of didn't work out necessarily how we wanted to do it. Now that we have to go through the proper channels in regards to certain players on certain seasons. But luckily for us, Worlds Apart falls out of the uh, CBS guidelines for seasons we have to get clearance for. Just. Um, it's the first season we can contact. But we're always going to get you on, Dan, of course, because uh, obviously we do really appreciate you on the show and your opinion. But what... I guess right now, two weeks in, two episodes into Survivor Season 35, I mean, I keep getting the... It's heroes, healers, hustlers. I keep calling it uh, hookers, hustlers, and hipsters, and we called it Triple H, yeah. Hunter Hearst, Helmsley season. I mean, just Survivor 35 is probably the easiest way to, to call it. What, what's been your take so far on uh, Survivor Triple H? Well, I mean, it's you know, it all started with brains, bronze, and beauty. You know, I mean, that was the first of this whole type of concept. And then, you know, of course, my season, people called it Brains, Bronze, and Beauty 2. You know, the, the white collar were the brains. You know, the blue collar, we were the, the brawn. And the no collar, they were the beauties. Mm-hmm. And now they're just trying to take it to the next level. They're just trying to find another way to rehash that. So here we've got, what you call it? Hookers, hustlers, and... <laughs> Hipsters, and... <laughs> and, and hippopotamuses, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. Throwing an H and there. Hipsters. That's, <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, people it's, think I'm a sexist pig. Well, that's fine. I mean, it doesn't have to be just female hookers. Men can be hookers too. It's 2017. It's equality. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Captain Backpedal. I don't think that's going to fly this time. <laughs> eh, not the first time I've done that with worlds apart people, but we won't get into that again. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. We're not going to revisit that issue. <laughs> no, I think there's, uh, I think there's some, some pretty good, uh, pretty good castaways this year. I, I think there's a few that uh, they're a little dim on the lackluster. Dim but, on uh, the lackluster. That's a is that a scientific term or 
technically, that is a scientific term. Yes, there's uh, different degrees of brightness when it comes to your lackluster or the lack thereof in your lackluster. Right, so, right, uh, yes. I mean, I think, I think kind of we established on our uh, preview episode that this is very much worlds apart, as in white-collar, blue-collar, no-collar, you know. Um, it's... I, I think, because I think there was a, a ongoing theme there for a while that they were always going to revisit sort of the theme on your season. And, I mean, I feel they've definitely done it this time around, but they've just come up with a pretty shit name for it. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know I've told this story plenty of times on the show before, but, I mean, I was in the audience for the Game Changers uh, finale when they announced this. I had people around me, like super fans, who were also like going, ha! <laughs> What's that for a season? Like, what the hell is that kind of name? So, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's nothing against the season and the people. It's just the the name of this season is, uh, you know, it seemingly can't get worse. But uh, we know what the season next season's called. But that's another story. Um, it's 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 been an interesting start because. I think a lot of people kind of have the similar opinion to you there, and the the fan opinion that I'm seeing is that a lot of people are not overly impressed with the start of this season. You know, some have called it boring, some have called it a bit slow. Uh, I mean, there's a bit of pacing issues that some people are claiming with it, and we're not really getting anything over-the-top exciting. Is that kind of the things that you feel we're missing here? I mean, what do you kind of think two episodes in is the biggest issue that we're we're feeling right now with Survivor? I, You know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I can't put my finger on it, but it's it almost feels like... um. Season 29, when they did Blood vs. Water 2, mm-hmm. and there was one episode where they were literally talking about Keith Nails's uh, bodily emissions, whether on the top side or the back side. And it's like, really? There is nothing better to talk about than Keith farting and spitting. <laughs> really? We are digging that deep at this point. Mm. We are that desperate? I, I, I'm actually expecting something like that to happen. Um, I wonder if it's uh, the thing I find interesting with it is it, this seems to be a, a common occurrence uh, post full All Star season because if you look at Vanuatu when that first started necessarily wasn't regarded as a good season Nicaragua was right. not regarded as a good season and Co Wrong I mean no. I don't think we've had enough time to digest that I mean both Vanuatu and Nicaragua have gone on to become I think sort of like like wine they've gotten better with age they're kind of regarded a lot higher now uh, than they were at the beginning but I mean. I know we're only two episodes in. It's a lot hard to kind of put those comparisons there. But do you feel there is a bit of that kind of, you know, day after Christmas vibe? We've had such a season with all these returning players that we're kind of loving and, you know, liking to see. And here we are, back to newbies again. I'm like, oh, okay, here we are, newbies. Well, and I think that's taking away from some of the charm of, of Survivor. I understand why they bring returning players back. I get that. Because you know what you have. Mm -hmm. You know what you've got. It's not as much of a risk. Well, the whole show is a risk. The whole show started off as a risk. And now you guys want to play it safe by recycling people, you know, three, four times over? You know, I mean, there are enormous amounts of people out there who are interesting and exciting who would be great for the show and i think it, i'm af- i'm afraid what happened when um uh, what was it hannah's season millennials and gen x yeah uh, season 29 kind of opened the door for the super fan and i think my season kind of kicked the door in 
because a lot of us were real diehard super fans. And I think they really started to tap into that vein. But then they went to Millennials versus Gen X, and these people were so over the top super fans that it was. Uh, I think it kind of missed the mark. Yeah. And now I think I think they've pulled back, and now again they're sticking with the fans. But uh, I don't know. I, I just there are definitely a handful of standouts this season for me. I mean, what's the redhead's name there? Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really? <laughs> this guy? I mean, Patrick, if you're listening, I'm sorry, dude. But, oh, man, this that last episode did not, that was not nice to you. I don't know if that's who you really are, but if it is, oh, dude, I'm sorry, man. He's a, <laughs> really, really sorry. He's a, the thing that I find quite interesting with uh, Patrick is kind of some of the stuff that's uh, come out. Uh, in the last 24 hours or so with, with Simone's uh, interviews, she sort of spoke a little bit about it with us too, is that, um, you know, he's doing things around camp, like in the middle of the night, he's like screaming at the top of his lungs, everybody get up, everybody get up, it's morning, just so everybody gets up and they realise it's middle of the night and he's just being a dick to them. Um, and also, like, it's also, oh. it's been established that um, him and Ali uh, have a pre-existing relationship. They went to college together. Uh, they were like... They did, yeah. Yeah. They, they did, and... They, she told them. Mm. She actually told them at um, at pregame that she knows him. Right. She said we we didn't hang in the same circles. We really didn't do anything together. But I do know him. And it's they're all like, to let that eh, go, well, isn't it's it? Too late at this point. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. I think it was um, what was it Samoa that um, Laura and Brett? It was found out had sort of a distant connection, and that was kind of I think hidden and hush hush by CBS for a little bit. But um, I mean, this right, time around. Right. Clearly, it's not a. It's not even cared about because I mean, you know. Again, I sort of before I did the exit interview with Simone this morning, I read it um, on the the Dalton Ross exit interview, and then um, uh, like she brought it up in the chat with me, and like CBS are on the line, <laughs> they're monitoring what she's saying. So it's kind of right. like it's not like they're giving two shits at that point either. So it's it's interesting kind of how Survivor has kind of got into this way. I mean. You know, I don't know how sort of... I mean, obviously, there were certain levels of strictness around your season, but, I mean, we kind of live in a world of Survivor now where they seem to be so much relaxed in certain things. I mean, they're willingly giving off um, season spoilers to, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, Survivor Insider Guy, um, and, you know, just kind of having all these sort of things that are open-ended. It's it's like their way of promoting it. But, like, this is a weird thing to kind of have, like, oh, let's keep these people in it because, I mean, it creates a bit of a unfair advantage in an extent, particularly on a six-person tri- six tribe as well. Right. I mean, that's a huge, you know, a, a real potential advantage, you know, if you know somebody outside of here. But, I mean, she made it clear, I only know him. I'm not friends with him. I'm not, you know, it's not like we hung out. It's not like we traveled in the same circles. I just knew him. But do we do we so, believe that entirely, though? Like, that's an easy thing to say. You could be like, yeah, I, I know Mike. He and I live down the street together, but we never associated. And secretly, you and Mike Holloway were besties. You, you know, you were postmen together. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's easy to say. <laughs> I'd like to see you and Mike being postmen together. That would be an awesome little thing to see. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, I have no reason to doubt her because if she knew him really well, 
she would have said nothing. True. She would have kept her mouth shut. True. You know, if she and the fact that she came forward and said, "Listen, I I know him. I just want you guys to know that." And I think that was, you know, in some ways it was admirable. Um, in other ways, stupid. Shut up. Shut your <laughs> mouth. You know, keep that to yourself, idiot. You know, if you're even the moment you are called by Survivor, that is when you start playing the game. Mm -hmm. Okay? You start playing Survivor long before you ever reach the beach. You know, that's, that's if you, if anybody out there that's listening, if you get a phone call, that's the moment you start playing the game. Yeah. And just don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. There you go. I mean, it's, it's, it's just such a unique thing that's come to light sort of with that relationship. And I mean, Patrick certainly, he's a, he's an interesting character. And can I just take this time right now? We did this in our uh, preview episode. I'm going to try and make this an ongoing theme. Um, just a reminder, uh, for those of you listening to us in uh, Alabama and Tennessee, for all your moving needs, that's boltmovers.com. Uh, Patrick and his brother Stephen are great movers. Um, we're trying to get them to, we're trying to get them to sponsor our show, basically. So we thought we'd give them some free publicity. Um, even though he did a terrible Australian accent, uh, we shouldn't be helping him out. But still, I was going to say that was shameful. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That was embarrassing for Australians everywhere. That was not okay. Kind of wanted him to get voted out so I could talk to him and be like, "Mate, let's just like practice your Australian accent." Uh <laughs> Ah. There's a saying, it's, right, it's easy, rise up lights. That's the saying that Australians get Americans to say. Just You right now for me, Dan, say the words, rise up lights. Rise up lights. See, it sounds like you just said razor blades in Australian. That's simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Americans speak Australian, is to say, rise up lights. You sound like you're saying razor blades in an Australian accent. It's that simple. I mean, to... You know, for us, I mean, anything Australian, it's, you know, it's the crocodile hunter. Yeah. Crocky. Look at the legs of that one. She's lovely. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it's a better it's a better one than Patrick's, but it's still, you know, it's... Um, no, it's still terrible. It's no I Meryl Streep, um, but, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're better than some people I've heard, but... um. I mean, we're, we're, with, with the Hustlers, I mean, this is the no-collar tribe. Um, I, right. mean, I mean, Simone, it's interesting with Simone because I felt out of place in our preview episode. I'm here saying, like, yeah, I don't think she's going to go very far. And I, like, Billy and Colin, I think, talked her up. I was like, no, nah, she's going to go far. Like, keep an eye out for her. I mean, she was just no. one of these people that there's always one or more than one sometimes on Survivor that just they have no place being there in terms of business. their skills they're, 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 they're the city they have slicker no business being there yeah are you joking she's in a confessional complaining that there's no air conditioning <laughs> what are you I, are you serious what the hell are you why are you there and more importantly why were you put there why were you cast i mean just because they like the fish out of water story I mean, as fans of the show, I think we get frustrated at seeing people like that. I will say with that, though, that um, Propes did... Uh, he does his, like, weekly little talk with uh, Entertainment uh, Weekly or whatever it is. And I, I did read, like... I mean, Propes sometimes is funny uh, when it comes to, you know, explaining, like, oh, Haley's a game changer because... It's like, just stop. Just stop, oh, Propes. Uh, <laughs> right. But, like, he actually um, did kind of explain that quite well. That, like, yeah, she's a fish out of water, but at the same time, you know... 
kind of like what uh, Simone said in the episode. Like, she's been surviving her She's got, like, ten brothers, and, like, she's been in that sort of social situation where, you know, she does well. And uh, Probst, I can't remember specifically what it was, but it's, it's online. People can find it. He actually did quite a good job of selling Simone as a, as a, a character and a contestant. And one thing that I, I did kind of appreciate with Simone that, like when she was in tribal and she was obviously trying to fight to stay in the game, the way she was kind of like, yeah, look, I've never camped. Yeah, I've never done this, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this at the moment. Send me back right now. I want to sleep on the ground. Like she wasn't kind of at least, you know, being complete diva mode, if you know what I mean. No, I do. And that's, that's a very fair point. That's a really fair point, actually. Um, You know, she wasn't, you know, she bitched in her confessionals and I thought, that's actually a good place to do it. If you're doing that kind of bitching back at camp, now nobody wants to hear it. Yeah. But the fact that she was bragging about an aqua dump, <laughs> and then she turned around into, into her confessionals, and then she's like, and there's no AC here. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you got, you also got to respect you know? the fact, too, that, like, uh, uh, like, yeah, I completely agree with you, but, like, she at least read how to guard a fish. She read about an aqueduct. I mean, how many people have played Survivor? Oh, yeah, I didn't even read how to make a fire. And that's, like, Jeff Probst's <laughs> number one tip for people playing Survivor is learn how to make a fire. Learn how to make a fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. So she I kind mean, of prepared. Again, into it. She did, and to her credit, and I saw, and it was funny because I watched that episode, and I was, and I, uh, I'm telling you right now, I actually thought about Tyler, mm. because I was the one that knew what the net was. Nobody knew what it was, so I taught Mike how to use it. Joe, I, I taught Joe how to use it, and uh, I told, I taught him how to get the fish out of the net when we were done. And after you know, probably a good week or so, Tyler comes up to me with that. You know, no shirt on, six pack. That that awesome little smirk of his <laughs> with his Abercrombie and Fitch look to him. We had guys like, like that, Dan. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he looks at me and he goes, "All right, Dan, take me to church." And I'm like, "Take you where?" And he goes, "You got to show me how to do this." And I'm like, "Really? You're gonna come to the river?" And you're going to catch fish with me. And he goes, bro, I'm here. I got to learn. I said, okay. So we went down. We had fish in the net. We came back. I taught him how to scale the fish. I taught him how to cut the fish, how to gut it, how to cut the fish to get the head off at the best point. And, um, and you know something? Not a word from him. He did it. He jumped right into it. He wasn't squeamish. I could tell that he wasn't a big fan of it. But no complaints, uh, and he dug right into it. And to Simone, right back at her as well. She jumped into that fish. They got some great footage of it. It looked, it was impressive watching her do it. And I'm like, this is the woman that was just bragging about an aqua dump, and here she is cleaning a fish with no hesitation. Mm. I'm like, all right, this girl's got some layers to her. I'm kind of liking that. Um, you know, she's putting on the, you know, this for the people and then at confessionals, she's like, ew. <laughs> so, you know, as long as you keep that hidden, that was good. Yeah. But I, I, I was not surprised to see her go. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, obviously, you know, you've got to have the red herrings thrown out there in terms of, you know, how it's played and, you know, between her and Patrick. Of course, of course. And at the end of the day, you know, it's a unanimous decision. And, I mean, look, Patrick might be annoying, but uh, clearly they're saying for, for challenges. Um, I mean, you know, oh, going sort he's of... he's an animal. 
Yeah, and for the note with sort of um, Ali there, of course, you know, I mean, she, she she seems to be the the one in control of that tribe, would you not say? I mean, she seems to have started off quite well so far uh, on, on the Hustlers. Oh, 100%. Oh, she is going to go deep. I think she is going to go very deep in this game. Um, uh, who's the uh, the skinny nerd? What's Ryan. His name? The, the bellhop. Ryan. What's his name? Ryan. 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 There we go. Um, I think he's, I think they look at him like a Cochrane, but I think I'm, I think I kind of see him more like, um, uh, like a Zeke. Mm -hmm. I think his understanding of the game is infinitely better than his application. I think he understands Survivor on paper really well. But when it comes to the practical application, I don't think he's going to be that good. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope he does well. Um, you know, the bond between him and uh, the pretty boy on the tribe. What's it, Devin? Devin, yeah. I think the, the bond between them is very interesting. It's very odd couple. And I think if they can keep their, their, relation, their bond, uh, if they can keep it on the down low, I think those two could actually go far. It's a, I think they really could. I could almost see a uh, um, a JT and Fishback type of relationship there. It's an interesting comparison there because I think the thing that we're seeing with these three tribes is that there doesn't seem to be as huge a, a rift between most of these people. Um, I mean, I'm, I mentioned to you off air that, uh, you know, I've just started rewatching your season and kind of a couple of episodes in, I mean, there seems to be big divisions on all your tribes, you know, particularly sort of like if you're comparing the, the hustlers here to, uh, to no collar, I mean, you know, two episodes in and it's, you know, Jen and Haley and, and Joe versus Vince and, and Will and, and, um, Nina, you know, and it's kind of, right, it's, right. it's kind of just how that is. And then, I mean, even sort of, um, you know, with, with your tribe early on, kind of just sort of with Mike kind of, you know, being how he is and you obviously pissing off like, um, Lindsay oh, and God, just, yeah. it's just, it's just all these sort of divisions. And yeah, okay. On, um, our heroes tribe, we've sort of obviously got a bit going on here with Alan and kind of, you know, Ben and sort of, uh, you know, kind of going against this Fab Four alliance and all this sort of stuff. But, I mean, maybe that, maybe going back to our point about why these episodes maybe aren't necessarily setting a lot of people off with excitement is that, I mean, we haven't really had a lot of conflict. Everybody seems to be kind of getting along, which, I mean, look, it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time, but, I mean... You know, we, we don't necessarily always want a bit of kumbaya. I mean, even Joe, a week ago, sort of, what, going off at Mike, it's kind of, oh, no, I kind of like the guy now, you know what I mean? So it's sort of, we've right. got a very sort of safe start to this season, and maybe that's where the, there's lack of conflict, if you know what I mean. Well, I I mean, I don't, I think there was some conflict, and Alan stirred it up last week when he was trying to make trouble. And he was, he was trying to out you know, these people by causing all this, you know, this paranoia. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Mm. You do not want to bring that level of attention to yourself. What was it? It was, um, it was, I think his name was Zeke. Mm -hmm. He was the, he was the first one voted out. He was like a heavy smoker and just went. Oh, Zane, the Zane, the Zane, Zane, Zane. Yeah. Zane. Yeah. Zane. Oh, and, uh, and that's what it's kind of reminding me of. And I'm like, will you shut up? Have you never seen this show? Is he just a recruit that's that's tried to crash course on the game and has no understanding of it? 
do not bring that level of attention to yourself this early in the game. It's fascinating, too, because one thing I love about the uh, Heroes Tribe, which it, it kind of counterbalances Alan's sort of how he was. And, I mean, from what we saw of this episode, he was a lot calmer because they kind of, you know, switched focus to Chrissy and Ben, really, this episode. But, like, right. Alan has that, that way about it. But can we just point out, JP, like, we talked about him in the previous episode, just this nice down-earth guy. This guy is the nicest guy in the world. He is just so calm. He's just so level-headed. And, like, this guy yep. literally got forced to strip down to show that yes. he doesn't have an idol. But he's just like, yeah, man, well, you know, like, I had to strip and all that. It was a bit disappointing. But, you know, the sun came <laughs> up the next morning and I went fishing. And, yeah, Ashley's kind of cute. And, you know, we're not really a power couple. But, yeah, I'd go there. And, man, life is awesome. Like, he's just, like, the nicest guy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, but he, but he's so laid back and he's so calm. And I, I look at, um, oh God, what's the Joe? I'm so bad with the names this season. What's his name? Devin. Devin on the Hustlers tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I look at Devin and, uh, and I kind of look at Cole the same way. These guys are like Labrador puppies. Mm-hmm. They're kind of jumping around, and they're happy, and they're really happy. And you could see Devin, he was talking this week. He's like, I don't even smile when I'm with anybody else. I just smile when I'm with you, Ryan. That's the only time because I feel happy. And, and like, all I can he- see is his tongue hanging out, <laughs> you know, and you just pat him on the head, and, you know, you wind him up and let him go. That's why I'm getting, like, a you know, um, an LJ feel from this guy. You know, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't see enough brilliance from this guy, and I think he's going to need to be guided, and he could be a wind him up and let him go guy with somebody pulling his strings, and I think Ryan could be that guy, that's why I see that, but uh, I think Cole's funny, I, I, think, I think Cole's a riot, uh, you know, he's another one of those Labrador puppies, and I just, listening to Chrissy, Talk about the tribe. <laughs> and now she <laughs> She's great. She's so great. Oh, I I love Chrissy. So I think I. she's brilliant. Yep. I think she's smart. I think she has an enormous amount of potential to do lots of damage over on the uh, on the heroes tribe. And can I just point and... out, Dan, that I am terrible at predicting Survivor. Absolutely terrible. I predicted her as my winner in the preview episode. Billy and Colin laughed at me. After the first episode, I thought, fuck, crap, this is probably their right. Two episodes in, I'm kind of feeling a little bit more confident about my choice here. Oh, I feel supremely confident about that choice. I would not be surprised to see her in the final three. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised even a little bit. And that's just first impressions. I've done, uh, you know, I intentionally hide from spoilers. I don't want to know them. I, I didn't even see the CBS Meet the Cast interviews. I've seen nothing. I just started watching the episode Cold Turkey. Mm. And I think holding on to that hidden immunity idol was a smart move. Well, she explained it, didn't it she? A, when she said, when she said, like, I've got this now as sort of a, a red, like a prop. Like, they don't know that it's got no power. Exactly. Um, which is brilliant. Oh, it's 100% brilliant. But the fact that she didn't use it because I had people talking to me at work and, you know, calling me up and on Facebook and whatnot, and they're like, oh, it was so stupid. Why would she not do that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why would you do that? If she saves um, the Olympian Katrina. there, what's the Olympians? Katrina, okay. If she saves Olymp- if she saves Katrina, 
Now, theoretically, it's three versus two. Potentially, that's not a bad move because all you need is one person to swing the vote. But if everybody's looking at you as the old people and potentially hurting the tribe, then people are going to want to get rid of you. Yeah. If you get rid of Katrina, now you could prove yourself as a, as a vital member. You know, win a challenge or two, do good at puzzles, whatever else. You've got some type of skill set that's, that's really valuable to the tribe. And they'll keep you around. And that's exactly what Katrina said in the exit interview was uh, a lot of the what wasn't shown was that it was kind of portrayed that the two of them were together, but that wasn't the case. Chrissy was always sort of against her. And like, as you were saying, Chrissy had that notion of, well, you know, if they're going to target one of the older women, I'm going to make sure they target her. So it was kind of never really, despite the edit, I don't think uh, Chrissy ever probably considered playing that for Katrina. Yeah. And I, I, Again, I think she's smart. I think she's very savvy. I think she had a great assessment of her tribe, and I like the way that she was working people. I think she's going to go deep, really deep. Oh, I'm due, Dan. I'm due to pick someone. I mean, I've been watching this uh, this show since I was 13 years old. You know, it's 17 years of uh, never having correctly predict a a winner. Even before I was doing podcasts, I never predicted a winner. I think, look, I mean, Tom Westman, everybody, I think, picked Tom Westman, though. That was, like, the one that everybody, I think, would have gotten. But, um, yeah, like, the closest I got, uh, Kelly Wentworth, Second Chances, um, even just, like, going on my favourites. Uh, I mean, Heidek was a favourite of mine, but, I mean, I don't know, like, I can't remember what, I would have been 15 when that season aired, but, yeah, I, going on my favourites and thought processes, I, yeah, I pretty much have never gotten one correct. The only time I know on a reality show I've ever gone from day one, my favourite, I want this person to win, I think they're going to win, was uh, a season of Big Brother here in Australia back in 2012 when Ben, and not just because his name was Ben, uh, he went on to win <laughs> it. So um, that's the only time uh, that I think I've gotten something. I'm not, this is why I keep saying to people who are coming on the show and like, Dan, I'd love to see you play again, but don't have me rooting for you or predicting you to win because you won't <laughs> win. And that's the only You're reason. Like the harbinger of death. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, So Chrissy, you know, when she gets to the final tribal council and gets zero votes, uh, in fairness, actually, on Game Change, uh, Second Chances, I said that Jeremy would make the final tribal council, but I said he'd be the no vote getter. Um, So, Oh, no. Oh, I I called him as the winner early on. I thought he had a great game. I thought he was... And I said, if he can keep his mouth shut about his wife's pregnancy, reveal that at the final, that's it, he's a lock, he'll probably shut everybody out. And when I saw that he was sitting next to Spencer, I'm like, Spencer will get zero, he's going to get blanked. He's not going to get a single vote. I should have, I I really should have, because I I think I've said it on public record that I knew spoilers last season. But I I did a good job in podcasting and not letting on that I knew who won. But I should have just played up to that. I should have been like, episode one, yeah, I've got a good feeling Sarah might win this season. I just don't know what it is. I just really feel like she might win this season. Maybe Troyzan and Brad might make the end. Don't know why, but they might make the end. (laughs) (laughs) But What a dick. Yeah, I don't. And just to clarify, people right now thinking, oh, Ben, you're playing that up now. Maybe you're doing that with Chrissy. I swear on the life of Dan Foley that I do not know. Or maybe I should do it on somebody people care about. Um, I swear on the life of Sandra Diaz-Twine that I do not know spoilers for this season, all right? 
there are people out there right now going, oh, God, please be lying. Oh, please let the bolt of lightning come down and strike Dan Foley dead and actually, I probably, right on the air. I probably shouldn't even do that because uh, we we did an episode on one of our sister shows, 007, which is about James Bond. We literally did an episode where we talked for about five minutes about, I wonder who the first James Bond actor will be to die. I got on a plane to Los Angeles. I landed. One of the first things I looked at my phone was, Roger Moore has passed away. Um, I was like, <laughs> fuck, we killed Roger Moore. <laughs> so You if, killed you. you <laughs> I just killed, killed Sandra. Roger, you bastard. I just killed Sandra by saying, I swear on her. So if Sandra dies in the next oh. 24 hours, I didn't do it. All right? <laughs> Listen. Just continue to swear on me. You know why? Because heaven doesn't want me and hell's afraid I'll take over. So just keep doing that. You all are stuck with me for a long time. I'm not going anywhere. Yep. All right. We, I think we've established that. <laughs> so I think yeah. kind of, I mean, we, we've touched on a few of the healers. We've touched on a few of the, the hustlers. Uh, sorry, the heroes and the hustlers. Uh, I mean, on the healers, I I had to say... In the in the preview episode, and I still stand by it, even though we haven't seen some of these characters. This healers tribe, on paper and kind of going over their bios, might be my favouriteest tribe ever. That's not an on an all star season, like going into a season. Just based on what I read and based on kind of their bios, just so many great characters on this tribe. And so far, what we've seen, I think we've kind of seen most of that. I mean, I'm a huge Mike fan. Love Joe, of course. You know, I love Jessica, even though we're not sort of seeing too much of her. Cole's fun. We've barely seen any of Rourke, and we've barely seen any of Desi. But I still, I've got high hope for them. But, I mean, Joe, I mean, this is Tony Vlackos 2.0. Mixed with a bit of Steve Helling, for looks sake, for our our fans out there who know about People Magazine. Um, But, I mean, he's kind of... He's he's an interesting one. Could have gone back to Alan when he's sort of been abrasive in that. I mean, obviously Joe sort of did that a week ago with Mike, kind of like, oh, dude, you got the idol, blah 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 blah. And now this week he's kind of tried to do it again, come out and said, oh, but I kind of like Mike now. And then he's obviously now found this idol with Cole. Uh, I mean, what's your take on Joe? Oh, wait, 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 wait a second. Do not glaze over that. I'm not. I'm gonna... shining, shining moment. I'm going to come back okay. to that. I want to talk about that separately because I just want to talk about Joe in a in a bubble here, and then we'll talk about that because that was unique in itself. But I mean, what's is Joe Tony 2.0? I mean, what are you what are you getting a feel for you through Joe? Yeah, I'm def. I, I definitely, I hundred percent see that. You know, I, you know. Again, they like their, you know, they like their staple cookie cutter people. You know, if they want to find the next poverty, they want to find the next Boston Rob. They want to find the, you know, these people that everybody has associated to. And yeah, Joe is absolutely, you know, the next version of the Tony. I mean, you can see that they always want to find their Malcolms and their JPs and their, you know, and their their uh, their Aussies and the Joes and the Dan Mikes Foley's. and the Captain Americas. No, no, they don't want me. No, 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 no. Wait till but I'm on Australian Survivor, Dan. Then you'll have Dan Foley 2.0. It's all good. Yeah, but th- I mean, I mean, think about it. You know, a lot of people compare Jason to me. You know, he was heavy. Set. I don't have any ink, but he's heavy set. He had the beard. He's crazy outspoken. People like Jason. You know, though. a lot of <laughs> what's that? People liked Jason though, Dan. So, <laughs> oh, that's true. Right. That's, well, that's where we're different. Totally different. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, you know, people made comparisons. Yeah. So they were looking at, you know, maybe, you know, these 
this fat, ugly, bald guy could actually do something. <laughs> and, hey, I don't give a shit what anybody says. First episode, I made it clear. I don't know how I'm going to do, but you, you will remember, remember me. You remember me, yes. Goddamn right. And you know something? Whether you love me or hate me, you do remember me. And You can say anything you want about me, but I was good TV. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I actually, it's funny, in watching that episode in the last week, I completely forgot that you um, that you said that. And I think I actually, I tweeted out saying that, like, well, you know, Dan was right. We all remember him. <laughs> and like, so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, what was the uh, the guy on your Twitter account that trashed me? Oh, we'll, $40 get, we'll, we'll get to $40 parking, man. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I can definitely see a lot of people that are, um, you know, like the the cookie cutter repeats that uh, that they're trying to bring back, and like I said about Ryan, he seems like a a Cochrane or Fishback type, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you know you've got the Tony 2.0, you've got, and again they they're trying to stick with what works, and I get that. It's a doppelganger season. I think we kind of established that in our preview that there's a lot of people. Um, on this season that are so comparable to other players. I mean, Rourke is, is yeah. almost like a sort of a Aubrey, sort of Jen Brown, kind of a bit of um, Shireen in there, kind of that quirky kind of like... I mean, we haven't seen it on screen, but if you actually read a bio... I was going to say, and, I haven't yeah. seen anything. No, so no, I you haven't. Know. But go back and read a bio. Go back and see a pre-video. She's very like that. Um, but... and. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many people on this season that are, are very much doppelgangers of other players. I mean, Desi uh, was very much like a Jatia almost in her preseason stuff, but again, we're just not seeing okay. it. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's interesting how they're kind of going to that. But like the the Cole Joe, like this was fun. I mean, I they kind of pre-advertised this season as having a clues to immunity idols in plain sight, uh, and we saw that this episode. I thought it was going to be a little more. Obvious than that, <laughs> just then that tiny little. I mean, I still thought it was kind of clever the way they did it, but I was expecting like this big poster in the middle of camp. Um, right, but um, <laughs> I, I kind of like Joe there, and he's kind of like, "Oh, I need to get help," and so they find this idol together. And I mean, this is always that age-old debate. I've seen so many comments on this on on social media about, "Oh, you know, rookie mistake. Like, you know, you never find the idol with someone, you never share it." And you know, there's valid points to that, but I mean, it's it's kind of it's interesting to call it a rookie mistake because, I mean, as we're seeing, like, potentially next week, um, I mean, it's probably a bad example because it's Cole that potentially could be going into Joe with it. But, I mean, it's... What's your take right. on this situation with these two finding it? And, and is, it a, is it a rookie mistake? Can you find any positives or merits to having two people with an idol like this? Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, it just... I mean, it literally blew my mind because as soon as they showed the picture that he was looking at on the tree, I'm like, oh, it's by the well. And then he's like, oh, it must be by a raft somewhere out there in the water. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Dude, what What are you? Man, you are like Tony, except dumb. I, how do you not get that? And then you literally need to ask for help. And then Cole is dumb, you know, dumb and dumber. It's like... <laughs> You told him where it was, you idiot. He's showing you where the clue is. You look at him and say, oh, my goodness, yeah, we should look by the raft. That's a great idea. And then as soon as you separate, you go get it for yourself. Mm. Because he couldn't figure it out on his own. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh my lord! Now the one smart thing that they did do was Cole went back and chopped it off the tree. He chopped the picture off the tree. Hmm. That was very smart. And you know, and Cole explained himself. You know, I'm a wilderness therapy guy. I like helping people and showing people things. Okay, Survivor's not about helping people and showing people things. It is about you winning a million dollars. Now, that may be a very nice thing to have done. It may have been. It may have made you feel good. But if you get voted out because he plays the idol, you're not going to feel good. But in the like you said in the preview for next week, we see that. He's talking about getting rid of Joe because he's got an idol. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you could have the idol if you had just played that differently. <laughs> I, I mean, that was just bad on on all accounts, on every facet, on both sides of that fence. I I, I just I, I was watching in disbelief at what actually took place. Somebody had a clue, asked for help, and then somebody actually gave them the help. To help him find the idol. In, um, I just... in, I mean, it's not really defense. It's probably the bad way of describing it. But, like, one thing I'll say for it, though, and this kind of maybe goes back to the overall vibe of this season, I will say as a viewer, I find it entertaining watching players like this because we can not only talk about it in this aspect, but it's fun to kind of see plays like this that you wouldn't necessarily get on a full All-Star season. And kind of going back to what you are saying about the whole super fan sort of play that we've had recently in these seasons. Sometimes it is fun to watch um, players who don't know this game because, A, you get mistakes like this and it's kind of you're, you're cringing and watching it, and, B, like, there have been plenty of players of this of this show who have gone on to be great players who kind of come into this with their eyes completely open to a new experience because they've never necessarily watched know how it works. So they're kind of learning on the fly. So... I think kind of from a viewer's perspective sometimes, as much as we can sit here and go, well, fuck you, dumbasses, like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's still, it's, it's it's entertaining because we don't just necessarily, like, sometimes having pure strategy game bots can also not be a good thing to watch as much as having players like this making dumb moves can't be good to watch. You mentioned someone dealt a Sir before. I, I'm a big fan of that season because I think we had a season of very unstrategic players making... Uh, you know, interesting moves, you know, with the exception of a couple of players on that season who, you know, the Jeremys and the Joshes and the Natalies. But right, it, right. it still made for a very unique and fun season because we majorly had people that didn't know how to play the game. And so it was fun to watch in my perspective. So maybe this is kind of a season that we're going to have. We're going to have people, like, doing moves like this, which we're screaming, you fucking idiot, what are you doing? But, like, we're, we're loving it at the same time. <laughs> well, I mean, in the moment, I, I, I do see what you're saying. And I, I think our opinion is going to differ on this one because, okay, when I went to final round of interviews, one of the questions that I was asked was, how do you think the game has evolved in the last five years? And the question kind of took me by surprise. I thought it was a very unique question. And, and what I had said was, I think the game has evolved because I think the show has become such a part of, of American culture, and not just American, I mean really worldwide culture, that you know you can go anywhere and people know Survivor. They know exactly what it is, and, and if you talk about it, they can, you know, most people can talk about the show with you. Yeah. They may not be super fans, but they understand it. And I think you'll find that in the beginning, the juries were far more bitter than they have become because people have learned that it's a game, blah, blah, blah. And as somebody that sat at home the whole time, it's very easy to say that. When some 
million dollars out of your pocket, yeah, you're fucking bitter. That's how that works. But I think that we've now come to expect because they've they can they've recycled a lot of people so many times. You now expect good gameplay. Yeah. You know, the, sure. I mean, it was millennials versus Gen X, and they were talking about the old school players versus the new school players. It's a very Is good that, point. No, you know, and I think, you know, the, it's now we have now become ensconced in the new school players that are talking strategy, that are making good plays, and I think people get more excited when you see what you expect to be a good player make a bonehead move as opposed to a rookie mistake. Because now I think more people think, I think people think more often than not, and again, maybe this is just my opinion, but people think, why is that person even there? Why are they even there? You yeah. wasted a spot and, you know, on this person, when you should have given it to somebody that has some solid gameplay or common sense or whatever else. And I think, as, as a, you know, it, you can scream at the TV, but I think it's, you know, in excitement. But I think as a fan, I, I, I feel it's more frustrating. I would rather see, you know, more good gameplay throughout, you know. And if you've got two, you know, beasts coming at each other, you know, a Boston Rob and a Russell going at each other, you know, and on the first time around, Russell beat out Boston Rob, but the next time they met, Boston Rob won out, and you know, I think that's more of an epic gladiator matchup as opposed to da -da -da. <laughs> it just it it I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same to me. It's a very good point, and I think that's definitely the development of the game. I hundred percent agree, and I think kind of we we recently. Um, sort of redid we had our rankings cast we did a few years ago we ranked like 442 players so we kind of updated that because five seasons had passed since we'd done them and i think the one thing that i found from doing these rankings of players from your season onwards to season 34 was that we didn't necessarily have standout players that you know outside of the the three new winners obviously because you know jeremy and sarah were returning player winners you know, right. I mean, out of those, Adam was the highest ranked at number 28 out of all, you know, 490-odd players. You know what I mean? And it's kind of, you know, our highest non-winner was, was Carolyn. Uh, and she 57th overall out of all players ever to play the game. So, I mean, to me, it was kind of a case that the last five seasons worth of players, we necessarily hadn't had, like, these absolute standouts that you're going to consider the greatest players of all time, if you know what I mean. So, it's kind of interesting okay. how we've got these, these new players and kind of this new error of survival that you're talking about but it's and i completely agree with everything you said but it's still it's interesting to me that we're not necessarily seeing these players that i feel that in five ten years time you know hopefully this show's still going you know we're not necessarily going to talk about um and no disrespect to anybody from your season co-wrong millennials gen x but to me i don't think there's really a group of players in your season that you're going to classify up there with the you know the poverties and the and the sandras and the and the boston robs if you know what i mean so it's kind of it's it's interesting how i agree with you this game's developed to what we're at but we're still necessarily not producing these all-time greats you know the lebron jameses of survivor anymore if you know what i mean right 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 well, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily very fair. I mean, whenever anybody talks about Survivor greats, Boston Rob is always on that list. That fucking guy needed four times to win. Why does that put him in the upper echelon? I, I agree Tyson with you. I was just using that as an example. I believe me, believe me, Dan. I agree with you. <laughs> why is he always on that list? Yeah. 
I don't understand it. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he isn't a good player, but to say he's one of the greatest of all time, it took him four fucking times to win the game. Yeah. That, that, to me, that should take points away from him. I agree. And, and I, I mean, think, he, he finished think, 12th overall in our rankings. He didn't make the top 10. So, <laughs> just to piss the Boston Rob fans off to remind them of that. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, again, Tony is put very high on that pedestal. And all I can think to myself is, you know, I've, I've met a lot of the people from that cast. I like a lot of those people, and they're going to they're gonna hate me for saying this. I think those people were idiots. I think they played a very bad game to have allowed Tony to go as far as he did. Because all Tony kept doing was, I'm just going to take out my bag of tricks. And they all said, well, I guess we better not vote for him. Dude, I would have put every vote on him every single week to flush out every idol that he had. And the fact that nobody did that shows the bad gameplay. I put Mike way ahead of Tony in the rankings. I think Mike played an infinitely better game. And again, nothing against Tony. Nothing against him. Strictly as a fan. I think Mike played a better game. I think Mike put himself completely on the outs. He didn't have anywhere near the power that Tony had with the hidden immunity idols. And I think that's a crutch to a good gameplay. Mike had one immunity idol. He could only lose one challenge. He only lost one challenge. He tied for the most for the most wins, and he put himself on the outs because of his actions at the auction. And I think I think Mike is a way better winner than Tony is. We actually have a, a way better winner. We actually do have uh, when we get to the listener question shortly. Uh, one of our listeners has brought up uh, a question relating to our updated list, and I'll I'll have to send it through to you because I won't expect you to sit through the entire episode. No one else does. But um, I mean, just on paper, you would look at I guess where we've ranked a lot of your cars and probably think, yeah, fucking stupid. And it was an aggregate ranking; it wasn't just you know me, <laughs> you know, ranking right, these right. players. So um, I mean, I will say just right now to you that Mike. Uh, overall, we've got as thirtieth out of all four hundred ninety-eight players. So um, yeah, I think to put, to put Mike below Carolyn is a travesty. Oh, he's not. Carolyn's fifty-seven. Oh no, sorry, Carolyn was in the fifties. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, where Mike, was I? Where, I must have been in the four hundreds. I'm sure. Uh, no, you were. Hang on a second. I had you up a second on my screen just to clarify. You came in at two hundred nineteenth. Uh, so you nice. were sandwiched between. You were just ahead of Jamie Newton from Guatemala and just below Ryan oh, Prey from boy. Pearl Islands. <laughs> wow. Look, I, I, I think I, I, out of all three of us, I think I had you the highest. Uh, and that wasn't just, um, <laughs> I didn't actually know. I had to, <laughs> fuck, I had to do the lowest out of all three of us. Oh, oh, just, um, <clears throat> edit that out. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you're a dick. Well, this interview's over. Do you, do you want to know, do you want to know who you beat from your season and who beat you? Or shall we do that at the end? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Bring it on. All right, Bring so I'm just, me. I'm just, I'm just quickly looking here. So you came at 219th. Haley came in at 223rd. And you, that's a comparison of two seasons, of course, by the way. Uh, so these yeah. are people below you. I'm just going to throw below first of all. Jen uh, came in 227. Uh, Shireen, well, you beat Shireen, so good luck, good news there. Uh, 248. Yeah. Shireen was. Um, Will was very low, 263. So. Yeah, that's. Okay. <laughs> um, just scrolling through this. Uh, you beat Joaquin, you beat Kelly, um, pretty much I think everyone else below you. You beat Max, um, Lindsay. 
uh, Vince, So, uh, Nina. Yeah, so they're kind of the lower ones. So that means that ahead of you, uh, basically everyone else I didn't mention, really. Uh, so you were at 219, as I said. Um, so the next one from your season above you was so, Tyler, 191. Um, who else is here? Joe was 162, but again, that's two-season comparison, remember. Uh, Sierra as well, two-season comparison. She was at 156. Uh, Rodney was at 129. Uh, and then... Wow. I, yeah. Uh, and then I think you're going to have to look right up to Carolyn, who was at 57. So... There you go. So you, I think, what's that actually fourth or fifth best on Worlds Apart, I think, based on those rankings? You had Rodney ranked 100 <laughs> positions ahead of me. Ouch. That's making you hang up. <laughs> That's cold, man. That is cold. <laughs> Hello, Rodney, if you're listening. Uh, now, <laughs> we'll get some uh, list of questions shortly. Now, just, just quickly, I mean... Just on the our two booted out contestants, I guess. Uh, I mean, anything really to add on Katrina or Simone? I mean, I, I will be absolutely honest with you and say that I struggled a little bit with the Simone exit interview this morning because there wasn't a whole lot to sign and talk about besides aqua dumps and you living out there in the wilderness and not doing a whole lot. Whereas Katrina yeah. as well, I mean, it's the first boot's always going to be a little bit difficult. I was more excited about the Olympic side of things with her, but... Um, yeah, I mean, anything to add on Simone, Katrina, legacies, remembrance factor when it comes to the world of Survivor? Are we going to be talking about these two players in five years' time? No. Oh, my <laughs> Lord, no. Absolutely not. I mean, the first the first boot has, an, has a chance to be more memorable than, you know, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, in this particular case, no. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure, again, they're very nice people. This is not an attack on either one of them in any way. Um, you know, I mean, they painted Simone in such a way that it's like, all right, yep, she went home. That makes sense. You know, as opposed to, oh my Lord, how could they do that? You know, they certainly, they painted her in a way that, you know, it's not like you're all that attached to her. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like they did the same thing with Katrina. They're not going to waste a lot of, you know, creative editing you know, trying to make these people look like superstars when they're some of the first people voted out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm glad they get the chance to play. I, you know, it sounded like they really, they really wanted this, and uh, you know, that's that's awesome, and I'm really happy that they got the chance to play. And I hope the, you know, I hope the ride is is a lot of fun for them. I'm an advocate for the second boot club. I I have always tried to sell uh, this club over the first boot club because if you look at the grand scheme of the second boot club, some amazing people in that club. But uh, yeah, I tried to sort of mention that to Simone this morning, but uh, on a personal opinion, I don't necessarily know where she stands out in that second boot club. But uh, <laughs> again, no disrespect to Simone. I think kind of the, the, some of the things we saw of her were fun, but we just ultimately didn't see, you know, the Billy Garcia levels of uh, the second boot club here uh, for Simone. Right. So, uh, hashtag bring back Billy. Now, um, there's nothing... <laughs> I never like talking about the challenges because, I mean, it's kind of... There's not a whole lot to go on the challenges. One thing I just wanted to mention, though, I did like the, the puzzle twist that they had on the second episode where they had to form that sign with the place names of former seasons. That was cool. Yeah. I just thought that was a nice little throwback there, kind of fan service there. And I, I actually read that was um, suggested to them by a fan who actually was at the... Uh, I think it was the Entertainment Weekly kind of have like a pop 
culture fest in Los Angeles and they have a survivor day there. And one of them went up to um, uh, Joe Kierhofer and sort of suggested it to him. And then I think I read in that Propes article I was talking about before that I actually flew this kid out to uh, Fiji to watch the challenge. So just a note to super fans out there, if you go to this EW Pop Fest, just bug John Kierhofer with ideas of challenges and eventually one might stick. But um, yeah, I, li- I liked it. I thought it was a nice little throwback for the fans. I do too. I thought it was a very interesting challenge. I thought it was an interesting puzzle. I really liked it. I thought that was a a, a really good one. And uh, you know, again, it it just always proves. You know, it doesn't matter how quick you get to the puzzle. It only matters how quickly you solve the puzzle. Mm. And and it's, uh, one thing I will say has been good. I mean, sort of the three tribe seasons sort of have become more of the norm, I guess, these days. And we we generally always see in a three tribe season for the most part. One tribe will always struggle and be the whipping boys, essentially. Um, whipping people, right. Ben. Don't be gender neutral. Um, but it's, <laughs> um, it's been an even start this season. Um, it's kind of each of the, the two challenges, really. There hasn't necessarily been a blowout. And obviously, we've had both uh, the heroes and the, the hustlers going now. So if the the healers lose next week, then we've obviously had an even spread. So, um just an interesting sort of note there. And I, I one thing I wanted to point out, we mentioned um, uh, sort of that challenge there with the, the place names. I had to laugh at uh, Brian Corridan from Guatemala tweeted out that uh, even on that challenge, they forget about Guatemala. What do we have to do to be remembered? Um, so, <laughs> it's a fair point. I, I, I feel you there, Brian. I, I'm a huge Guatemala fan. Okay, that's kind of funny. Um, that's pretty good. So just the tweet of the week, if we had one on this show, which we don't, but uh, I, I had to have that a bit would of a absolutely chuckle. be it. Had a bit of a chuckle at that one, That's Brian. Um, now, I'll get to rating these episodes and we'll get to our listener questions if we close this out. Just one little side note, though, because we're not going to have you on next week when I feel we're going to get a bit of this storyline. Uh, are we getting a love story here, Dan? Are we getting the, the Jess and Cole little love story? Um, I mean, the, the episode title next week is called My Kisses Are Very Private which sounds very inappropriate if you kind of analyze that sentence. That sounds really dirty. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds... Uh, yeah. And yep. Probes, I will say, is a bit of a teaser in that article I keep mentioning. Uh, the, I, I can't remember if it's a Dalton Ross or if it's... Um, uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. Um, oh, who's the, the guy who does the Survivor Hall of Fame through Entertainment Weekly or... Um, yeah, anyway, I apologise. Prominent, no idea. Prominent Sorry. Survivor journalist who I've just gone completely blank. The other Dalton Ross, basically. But um, he yeah. he asked Probst sort of like, oh, a bit of a teaser for next week. And Probst sort of said, relationships on Survivor don't work, but sometimes they come out of the blue. And it's like, wow, okay. So, I mean, are we going to see Boston Robert Amber 2.0? Because he's never worked now. I mean, we saw it with Figgy and what's-his-name the other season, and we saw what he was doing to poor Figs. Uh, I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, of course, they love to play on that. They love to harp that, that shit up, you know, and, you know, it's just become a cliche. Mm. You know, power couples are dangerous, and, you know, and it doesn't mean a guy and a girl, you know. It, it could mean two people, you know, if they're real tight. To, I was afraid people were going to start calling Mike and I a power couple. You know, I was actually really worried about that. But it just seems to have the stigma of a guy and a girl together. And I think Rob and Amber really uh, pioneered that. For sure. And, uh, you know, and I think it's, it, it's you know, for fans, you know, that are on the show – 
I think they see that, and it makes them nervous, and it should. That is a very dangerous combination. So eh, we'll see what happens next week with sandy kisses and salty toes or whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, when we saw it recently in Australian Survivor, there was a, a pairing uh, who everybody accused of being a power couple and they kind of were targeted and taken out. And, I mean, it's turned out in real life that they really are a couple now in real life. So, I mean, it was true. But, um, <laughs> um, but I mean, even on our, the last season of Australian Survivor last year, kind of the, the players who got second and third were, I mean, it was never really shown too much in game. It was kind of alluded to, but they're also in a couple in real life. So... Um. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that we. I mean, and I I for one actually wouldn't mind seeing it again to see if they could do it. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I was a huge advocate for sort of the Boston Rob Amber situation, but uh, it still would add a fascinating element. Like, I think it would be interesting if they could do it, but actually keep it secret. Like, go off into the bushes and like you know make out. You know, six minutes of heaven or whatever that game was called. You know, in in the forest. Seven minutes. Seven of minutes. Heaven, sorry, yeah. six minutes for me because I don't last that long. But it's um. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would. I think it would make for like unique viewing to kind of have this secret little hookup alliance going on. You know what I mean? And see how that would play out. Well, I had actually told my wife. I said, "Listen, if you, if if you come out for the um, for the loved ones visit, and I'll tell you right now, my plan is to lose." Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what happens is you have to choose other people, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want that kind of a target on me. But depending on the circumstances, whatever else, you know, if we have to compete together, I'm going to let you know whether we're going to try to win or not. But if we win, if I win the the loved ones reward challenge and you end up staying at camp, we are going to be the first people to have sex on Survivor. I'm telling you that right now. That is happening. It is like I'm, t- I'm. It's like Irish foreplay. Brace yourself, okay? That is. I told and I said you just be ready for it because it's gonna happen. Wow. And she looked at me just as serious as a heart attack, and she's like, "I'm in, hundred percent." Wow. And I said, "That's that's my girl." Firstly, that, so, I mean, yeah, America- fair enough. The first time you guys America- would have had sex in a long time, at least it's a special occasion. But uh, second of all, right. <laughs> Yep, just, yep. Just, just alluding to that. Uh, second of all, so, uh, that's the point where you hope that they don't show the unedited footage um, and <laughs> sell it for like a, you know, <laughs> on Pornhub or something like that. CBS <laughs> 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 oh, make a quick little epic. extra buck uh, under the table. <laughs> yep. Nice. Oh, my goodness, Dan. Where do we get to this point? All right. Uh, now, let's um, quickly... And the show drops to a new low. There eh, we go. It's not like we can't go that low. It is the Oz Network people are listening to. They know that. Uh, so, we, <laughs> we're going to rate both these episodes. So, obviously, uh, to refresh you on our ratings system, um, if you loved the episode, you thought it was fantastic, you want to buy it. If you thought, eh, it was okay, you will rent it. And if you thought that was shit, never want to see it again, you will bin it, you'll throw it in the trash. Bin it. So, so we're gonna right. we're gonna do this for both the episodes. So let's start with episode one a week ago. What did you think of the premiere episode? Did you love it? Did you thought it was okay, or did you hate it? Uh, I mean, my first impression was, wait a minute, it's only an hour long. Oh, mm-hmm. they must not have much to show. <laughs> and it was it was okay. It was a good start. It was interesting. I've just become so used to that hour and a half episode because then you get really invested in the characters and I think we lost something because of that I I think uh, we didn't 
I personally, again, as a fan, I really didn't feel like I was bonding with a lot of these characters. I didn't really get to know them as well as I would have liked to. So I think that actually was a big deterrent for me. I did like the fact that they started a challenge immediately. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. I really liked that. Um, and I'm torn between um, buy it and rent it on that first episode. I'll probably lean towards buy it. Okay. Um, only because I did like the fact that the challenge was there immediately. And uh, I thought that was cool. And okay. I was kind of impressed with that. Um, but this week, rent it. Rent it. It, it was a rented episode. Yeah, it was It was okay. I, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with yeah. both of your, your stuff. I'm gonna do exactly the same what you said for both. Um, oh, don't kiss up to no, me now. I'm already on the show. Don't, don't need to kiss be up a with kiss you. ass. Come no, on. If I'm gonna like, you're the one person on my list of guests that I won't be a kiss ass to because like I don't need to be one with you. <laughs> You need the publicity to get good with the Survivor fans, so you'll do the show whenever I ask you to. Whereas, like, you know, Carolyn on next week. Top 200. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even make the top 200. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you're going to kiss my ass now, but, but, you but, wanker. But, but you see. know you know that when Carolyn's on next week, I'm going to lie and say that she was number one. Then if Rodney comes on, I'll say he was number one. <laughs> Mike comes on, I'm going to say he was unanimously number one. Nothing ever bad was said about oh. him ever on this show. Um, That's so. because they can't handle the truth. <laughs> um... Yeah, so it's exactly the same. One thing actually I just wanted to add on a side note too that I loved about the first episode was action Jeff Probst. That scene when he got off the boat and he jumped on the little speedboat and he's like, all right, to the shore or whatever he said. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Jeff Probst has said at some point in the middle of this, like, I want to be more involved in the action. Put me in a boat and show me directing you to drive me to the shore. It's like, yeah, you go, Jeff. Well, he's, <laughs> well, he's done things like that in the chopper as well, you know? <laughs> so he's literally hanging out of the chopper and they make a hot, you know, th- 39 days, 18 players, one survivor. And they make a hard bank and, you know, and you can just see his butt clench up, you know, but he's still trying to keep, well, his face doesn't change because he's got so much Botox, but still, you know, you can tell that he's, but it's the, it's still, they're great, incredible, dramatic shots and, um, you know, and it's it it you know it's it's a great gig. It's yeah. a great job. Yeah, no, nothing beats him skydiving. What was that Vanuatu, wasn't it? When he had the votes, uh, <laughs> that was just yeah. Oh, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Oh, and it's it's Lord. so interesting, kind of hearing about um one thing that I'm really noticing, kind of having been so used to watching Australian Survivor over the last couple of months in regards that we have like 30 episodes a week. Um, and a lot of Australians yeah. are sort of <laughs> saying like with this season, like oh, it, it feels so rushed. And I'm like, well, that's because you're used to seeing, like, so many episodes a week where they're showing, like, people sitting around <laughs> camp talking about cookies. Um, and I'm, I'm right. loving it. I'm loving the fast pace because, again, I'm an advocate for Survivor being a once-a-week show, not a 30-an-episode-a-week show. So uh, I'm enjoying having, again, one episode to talk about, even though we're talking about two here today, uh, and just kind of having sort of, you know, the less is more approach to Survivor. So that's one thing that um, right. I will say on a side note uh, here. So we've got a bunch of listener questions. Uh, guys, thank you so much for sending this in. I will say, of course, everybody who listens, uh, stay tuned to our social media pages. We always update you who's coming on the show, and you can get involved 
Facebook, Twitter, uh, and of course our website, theoznetwork.net. You can send in our uh, listener questions via there or our email address is theoznetwork at hotmail.com. And actually, just before uh, I get into these, can I just mention that today's listener questions are sponsored by Bolt Movers. That's Bolt Movers. Uh, if you're in Nashville, give them a call, 615-219-9801. And if you're in Auburn, give them a call, 334-521-2092. Uh, that's Bolt Movers. Give them a call. They're good for moving shit. Um, all right, let's get into these. Um, as always, my favourite listener, she has the greatest name. I just love saying her name. Sasha Pewterschmidt. That's Pewterschmidt. What a name. Um, Sasha Pewterschmidt. Pewterschmidt. Right, Sasha. Yes. Now, yeah. Sasha is a regular listener who likes to send in uh, a bit of a game. Now, she, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some names out for you here, Dan, and you've got an option to do one of four things with these people. It's kind of like a ding, marry, kill, sort of, but a bit of a twist. So, with these four people, uh, with these four options, you can either kiss, slap, hug, or run away. And can I just warn you, remember, if you say you will slap a woman, Rob has a podcast, we'll do an emergency would, episode. So just be careful. I was just going to say, I'm not going to say that now. <laughs> the hell? Oh, there's going to be an emergency podcast of women talking about the misogynistic <laughs> questions on the Australian network. I mean, the Oz, the Oz network. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Jesus. So just, just pointing that out uh, for you, Sasha, listening. Dan will not be slapping any women because Robbie's a busy man. Right, he so, doesn't need to do another emergency so, episode. <laughs> so what is it? Kiss, slap, hug, or run hug, away? Yeah, hug or run away. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, all right. Go ahead. Your Bring options are Aubrey. Aubrey. Hmm. Oh, hug all day. She's a doll. Simple. All right. Kimmy, Kappenberg. Ooh. <laughs> She's a slice of crazy. Um, <laughs> I would probably kiss her because I think she'll slap me. Yeah, I, I'd go that road. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll do the opposite. We'll hold an emergency podcast for the slapping of the men just to balance it out. 2017. No, so. no one cares about that. It's all right. No one They're cares about us either. Us. That's, so that's, that, that's the, yeah, that's, that's the rule. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colby. Colby. Mm, Colby. Hasn't heard that name in a while on a survival oh. podcast. Oh, I'll slap him. <laughs> I'm allowed to slap another man. Uh, speaking of another man, uh, Mike, Mr. Holloway, your, your victor. Oh, a big, wet, lots of tongue kiss. Oh, <laughs> wildly inappropriate. There would probably be some butt grabbing going on there too. I'd pay, yeah, to, watch, I'd pay to watch that on Pornhub. I'd, I'd go there. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, Sierra, uh, and I'm gonna. That's spelt at uh, Sierra Dawn Thomas. I should mention. It's. Uh, I should elaborate. Oh, my Sierra. Your Sierra. Okay. Oh, absolutely spank. <laughs> Does that count? Can I say that? Yeah. Is that- well, look, the slap can be moved downwards onto a a, a a rear end, which allows for appropriate slapping of a female. Does that? that that's not a sentence I shouldn't say. No. You I'm know what I mean. That. I said I that, would- not Dan. I said that. Don't blame Dan. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's still going to be my fault. Put down the podcast uh, no. plan, Rob. No emergency podcast needed. It's all good. I said it. I said it. Step away from the emergency podcast button, Rob. All right. Relax, okay? Calm down. Uh, no, I would I would hug Sierra. Oh, I would hug her and pick her. I would love her, hug her, squeeze her, and call her George. <laughs> love, love, love Sierra. <laughs> 
<laughs> I get that reference. Um, Corinne. Thank you. Thank you very much. I would love him and kiss him and yeah. Oh, God. Um, I would love him, pet him, squeeze him, and call him George. <laughs> oh, my God. You need to have your own this podcast. You need to be my co-host, so Sam. Come on. This is why these interviews go so long. Dude, I laugh so much with you. We have uh, such a good time. We're having a spin-off. Like, in every Survivor contestant's doing their own show. Russell's got his own show. Johnny Fairplay's got his own show now. Fairplay I mean, started up. Come yeah. on, Dan. You and I. Like, <laughs> we need oh, the listener nobody boost. Wants, <laughs> nobody wants to hear me every week. Come on. Good um, Lord. Speaking of Survivors who have a podcast, Corinne. What would you do with Corinne? Oh, I would behave inappropriately with Corinne. I love Corinne. Oh, my God, do I love... You know who loves Corinne? My wife loves Corinne. Oh. Loves her. Wow. And, I mean, every time I see Corinne, she gives me a hug and she's like, where's Aaron? <laughs> and she, lo- she does. She loves Aaron. Loves her to pieces. It is actually really funny to see these two get together. The few times that they have actually been together, it is hysterical to look at these two. Yeah. Oh, I I, I love Corinne so much. Her, oh, absolutely spank. Absolutely spanking. No two ways about it. Corinne, yeah. You're allowed to with Corinne as well, I feel. It's fine. Oh. Because Corinne would beat the shit out of me, and that would be all right. Yeah. I'm then, definitely okay with that. And then Survivor fans out there are happy with that outcome. So, um... <laughs> I'll know. be on both fronts. So, yeah, there you go. Bloody hell. Um, Eliza, what would you do with Eliza? Run away. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate on that. <laughs> oh, no hesitation at all. <laughs> didn't you see the picture that got posted uh, at the Rob Has a Podcast two years ago? Mm-hmm. There was a picture of me and Eliza outside the venue, and we're both squaring off like we're getting ready to Rocky Balboa and uh, Mr. T it off with each other. <laughs> I'm so disappointed, Sasha, that you haven't included uh, Shireen on this list. And I, I, I could have just added it and not told you and pretended, but she's not on this list. Uh, Amy, Amy Cusack. Amy Cusack? Oh, um, I would give her a hug. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Rupert. What would you do with Rupert? <laughs> Rupert? <laughs> oh, he would absolutely get a big man kiss from me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want a man kiss Rupert? Uh, Sa- Sandra, what would you do with Sandra? Oh, my God. Uh, hug Sandra hard. I got to meet her at um, the JDRF this year. Mm-hmm. Her and I ended up on the same flight going out there. Mm. And uh, we ended up sitting together, had a wonderful time talking and just, you know, swapping stories. And we actually, we didn't talk all that much survivor we really were talking more about just our lives and our families and and everything else and it was it was wonderful just to spend time with her and uh on the way back somebody recognized surprisingly enough somebody recognized me (laughs) and they didn't recognize sandra at first wow and um and then yeah no kidding up until i pointed to sandra like oh my god (laughs) and um and he was he was in the military and he was coming home and um, Sandra is just, she is, she really is very genuine. She is, she's just what you see. Um, I agree. And, you know, people will probably hate this parallel, but uh, I think we get along so well because we're very similar. 
You know, she's just she's so nice until you piss her off, and then she's not. Yep. And that's that's really just like me. I'm the nicest guy in the world until you piss me off, and then I'm not. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you something about the the JDR thing in a minute because there's something I need to clarify about that event. Um, just before I do, one more person on this list, Sari. What would you do with Sari? Uh, for my for my season, sure. Oh no, Sari is in Sari, the great Sarai. esteemed Sari. Yes. Oh, the 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 great Sari. Yeah. Oh, I, I would I would absolutely hug her. I've heard I've never been able to I've never met her. I've heard nothing but good things about her. We've chatted online a couple times, um, and she just again seems really nice. She seems like a very nice lady. I, I I certainly look forward to meeting her at some point in the future. I mean, she only lives down in Connecticut. So she's in New England. Hop, hop in the car right now. Let's get her on. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say she's. I mean, I can make Hartford, Connecticut, in like three and a half hours. All right. Well, so she's really not all that far away from me. We're only an hour into this, aren't we, Dan? So we've still got three and a half hours to go on our usual chat. So um, let's make it fun. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> we've only scratched the surface, my friend. Yeah. I need to ask now because uh, I was at the same event and like great time as always, uh, but. I don't have much of a recollection of the um, the games night when we were at the bowling alley and the, the go-karting because after the dinner, I ended up drinking uh, a fair bit with Jerry Manthe and, and Joel, um, and to which then I was attempting to very badly pick up a very attractive bartender, um, which, you know, went okay until... She ditched me later on, but fair enough. That's me. But like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss out on much of the games? Because I saw all these photos the next day of like you guys go karting and laser tagging. I'm like, they're like two of my favorite things in the world. I could have been like laser tagging and go karting with like these amazing Survivor contestants who I admire. And I mean, look, I was still pretty satisfied with getting drunk with Jerry Manthe. I mean, that's pretty cool. But like at the end of the day, I, I mean, I could have been like go karting with you guys. How much fun was that? Did I miss out on something there, Dan? Um. Yeah, actually, the laser tag, the go-karting was pretty cool. Um, I ended up missing it because I was I was talking to some, some fans, and uh, some kids actually crashed the event. Oh. I don't, know if, I don't know if you realize this, but there were some young high school kids that showed up and sat outside because they didn't have tickets. Oh. And they were huge Survivor fans, and I sat outside with them for a little while, and I was talking with them. And uh, they were talking about their friends and their parents. And I'm like, all right, give me your phone. Call, you know, um, let's make a video for somebody. So I made videos for all these, you know, different something. There was two girls and a boy. And the boy, I trashed this poor kid. (laughs) I called his his mom up. And I'm like, hi, uh, is this, you know, Sharon so-and-so? And she went, yes. I'm like, hi, this is Dan Foley from Survivor Worlds Apart. She went, no, it's not. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, no, it, it really is me. And I want to let you know, your son is here at an event that he didn't pay to be at. Um, and I, I just want to say how rude your son is. It's just, and he, you can hear him in the background. He's like, no, mom, it's not true. And the two girls are laughing and laughing. And I'm just going on and on. I'm just beating her poor son up. <laughs> And mom's laughing. She didn't buy any of it. You know, she just, she knew I was teasing and, and it ended up being very fun. So I missed the go-karting. Mm. I didn't get to go-kart with anybody. Randy took someone so out. There was a video circulating that Randy like crashed into someone. There was a bit of an, I don't know who it was, but. Um, I yeah. think it was, was it Joel? Possibly. 
Yeah. It might have been Joel. He ended up cutting uh, somebody's back tires out from him, and I saw that. I saw the spin out yeah. that somebody had. I believe Jerry had the fastest time out of anybody. I th- I, she had the record so. lap. There you go. She's she's an yeah, amazing she had woman. the record lap, but the laser tag was the best laser tag arena I have ever been in. Ah, it I'm... was it was two stories. It was there was bunkers. There was fog. There was there were laser lights. It was great. That was the greatest laser tag arena I have ever played in. I'm sad because I've still got that card in my wallet, the fifty dollar game card, which I never use. I think I played like one game of air hockey. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great event, fantastic event for sure, uh, for reality for diabetes, definitely, uh, anybody in, in going towards Cincinnati, Ohio next year, check it out. It's definitely an amazing event. Uh, Sasha, thank you for your question. Uh, now Gene, Gene doesn't say the last name, but Gene's got sort of a two part one here. Uh, just first of all, and I know you and I, obviously we had you on during game changes and we talked a little bit about both these players when we had you on, but, uh, Gene just kind of asked an overall opinion that you thought of, uh, Haley and Sierra on, uh, game changes. Oh, I'm going to get beat up for this. Eh, people would like that, so you might as well say it. Yeah, all right, fine. Haley was actually on my season, and I barely remember her. <laughs> what the hell is she doing on Game Changers? You know, I mean, seriously. That is, you know, I understand that you're scraping and you're trying to get people on there, and, uh, you know, Sierra was a very, very last minute, and that was only because Natalie broke her ankle. Mm-hmm. Um and they were scrambling. Corinne was called. Corinne actually got a call for that season, and she's like, okay, you know, am I going or am I not going? They're like, what do you mean? She's like, I'm not going to tell my boss that I'm going to be gone for the next two months just to have you guys pull the rug out from under me, and no, I'm not doing that anymore. Either I am going or I'm not going. And they're like, well, we don't know. And Corinne's like, well, then screw you. I'm not going. Yeah. I- I'm not going to commit to this unless you can commit to me. Um, and then they called Sierra. And, you know, I know that Sierra didn't seem like she did a lot, and I don't think that's very fair. I think Sierra was doing a lot more than people give her credit for, and I think she certainly proved a lot of, I think she proved a lot of people wrong uh, at Game Changers, and as well she should have, and uh, except for forgiving Sarah when she flipped. Because I believe a wise man once said, "Flippers never win." And as soon as as soon as they forgave her, I'm like, "That's it. She's won the game. That's it. It is over. She has won this game. It is just give her the money now. That's the end of it." We actually but, uh, on our Australian version this year, Dan. There was a early on. There was a huge tribal council moment where this, that conversation came up about you know flippers never win. Um, and I was like, oh. "Are you serious?" I don't think it was specifically said to your words, but there was a, a conversation okay. around it. And as soon as it was happening, I was like, "Oh, why does this sound familiar?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have modified my statement to flippers rarely win. Mm-hmm. I have modified it because never say never, and I know it has happened, but. Um, you know, but again, it depends on how you define flipping. That's where people have gotten hung up and 
blah yeah. blah blah so yeah exactly we're not going to go back there we're not no, going back there no we're not going back there uh gene also just adds uh ben will our questions for debbie be kept aside for whenever she comes on eventually i would hate for everyone's to be gone uh yeah they will be gene i was going to go through some of them and kind of um pick out some that i could have you know that weren't necessarily targeted directly at debbie and were just kind of about the game in, in general but i mean we got an, enough questions here for dan without having to do that and i've kept these ones i know i think i said that about andrew for our australian survivor one when i lost them early on but uh have kept them so uh they will be there for when uh, debbie does make an appearance um and i'm sorry for this dan it often is the case when uh we have a guest on the show and a lot of our listeners just want other people on the show it's not just a you thing this has happened all seasons throughout australian survivor yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure, Gene sure. Yeah, says, "Will fan favorite Sierra be joining the podcast for a, a recap this season?" Um, I, I've I've reached out to Sierra. I sort of had a discussion with her when I was in LA with her, and she said she'd like to come on. So for sure, we'd like to get her on. I think she's traveling though. She's coming to Australia, I believe. Is she not with uh, Mike and Max? So uh, she might be um out of the country for a little bit so we'll try gene as always uh anybody who wants to request anybody we always go out of our way to try and uh fingers crossed that we can uh, get some of these people along the way um now hilda o'connor says and hilda i do believe uh is in america because uh, she sent in a few questions for us on our australian ones and mentioned that she's from the states um okay dan how effective have the advantages been in survivor since your advantage on worlds apart are you pleased sarah is the first to play it correctly or not be voted out at the tribal directly after you know i it's every advantage can be the greatest advantage or the worst advantage you know and you're working with so many uncertainties, you know, especially in a, in a game where there are three separate tribes. I am literally only seeing, at the absolute most, a third of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And out of the six people on my tribe, you're lucky if you know 25% of what's going on. So all I see is 25% of one-third. If you're lucky, so it, it's very difficult to use a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these advantages to use them well. You know, I mean, uh, look at Kelly Wentworth. She used her idol effectively because Joe told her to. <laughs> Joe actually told her to use it. I mean, I knew that, you know, I knew there was a chance that somebody still had an, a hidden immunity idol on my season. And I knew Mike had made it clear I was going home that night. He taunted me. He flaunted it, threw it in my face, and I didn't think it was going to do any good. But the way I had processed it was, why would you use that advantage when there's an odd number of people in the game? That's going to make for an even number of votes and potentially a tie. So that would be the wrong time to use it. I could only use the advantage when there was an even number of people to hopefully make an odd number of votes that would go in my favor. Hmm. So Fishback used it, and he used it and voted for two different people. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, and people give me shit. That's actually funny. That's really funny. Um, But it's, it's nice to see... You know, as a fan, you want to see somebody use their advantage right. You want to see them use it. I don't want to see, like, Tony just flaunted and everybody just lay down and die and not call him on it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you know, people want to see the Troisans use his idol, but the vote went to somebody else. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my Lord, look what happened, and kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that when they get used, they get used well, and, you know, you, you, you kind of cheer. Even if you don't like the person, you kind of cheer, and um, you know, one way or another. So I thought it worked out well. Well, I mean, Hilda adds here, and I'll explain a little bit actually what happened with our Super Idol. So, you know, you, you, I'm guessing you haven't seen our version of Survivor Dance. I have not. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. it's, it's please don't apologize. I, well, I'll explain a little bit here. So she says, uh, the Super Idol on the first episode of this season was garbage, and I thought the Idol canceller on Australian Survivor was a shock. This one was just as useless. So basically, we had um, we we have our, the way they do our our twist is stupid because there's literally three episodes a week, two or three episodes a week, and we will have non-elimination episodes, which are fucking annoying. All right? Just just imagine watching Survivor and not having some of really? that. Yeah. But um, so this one of the, the... They had this big tribal council where they basically were all like, oh, you're going to vote the person you vote for because the winning tribe went to tribal council. You're going to vote for somebody to get a huge advantage. And, like, nobody knew what it was. Anyway, the the girl, Ziggy, she got voted as a person. She got sent to this area. She had, like, 12 hours to find the super idol, which, I mean, it was just a, a, a weird, elaborate way of finding something kind of cool. So, anyway, the super idol basically was, it was two idols. One idol was just a regular idol. And the second idol was that she would play it to cancel out somebody playing an idol, if that makes sense. So... I have actually suggested that. Well, there you go. That took your suggestion. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even joking. I had said that a couple of years ago, that I said, instead of having an offensive advantage, how about have a defensive advantage? So you find an idol that does you no good, but if somebody else plays a hidden immunity idol, yours will cancel theirs out. So Australia owes you some money. Australia owes you money, Dan. Uh, (laughs) Like royalties. I swear to God, (laughs) I mentioned that years ago. Well, An all-defensive advantage. The funniest thing about this is that the only time an idol was successfully played all season, Annalise played an idol uh, successfully, but then Ziggy was like, no, I'm going to... Cancel that idol out so you can go home. So it was kind of it was oh it was interesting. God, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, that was the super idol twist on on Australian Survivor. Um, and Hilda adds, uh, I'm very upset to hear Debbie won't be on. Hoping my questions will be saved. They will be Hilda, as I mentioned before. Thank you for your question, uh, Miranda. Hello, Miranda. Uh, she Miranda. Says, Good old Miranda. Um, favorite challenge you were a part on on your season. Dan, challenge you most wish you could have done and worst challenge of all time. So, three-part question. We'll start off with favourite challenge you were a part of on your season. Hands down, the uh, the barrel. The barrel, Hands down. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. That was, I mean, again, it was a very difficult challenge. It was a good challenge. Um, uh, It was a very team-oriented challenge. And uh, watching Mike and Shireen and the rest of them actually try to barrel roll their way to victory was hysterical. <laughs> so that was even better. Um, the one that I wished I had competed in mm-hmm. uh, was the gigantic obstacle course going up to the top of that mountain and using the slingshots to hit targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was furious that they wanted me to sit out that challenge. I was so angry. Um because the episode before uh, was the wrecking ball challenge, 
and uh, what did I knock them all down and missed once? You know, and you don't want me in a shooting challenge? Really? That was stupid. <laughs> they ended up losing that challenge, I believe, because I wasn't in it. Huh. Well, yeah. How'd that work out, guys? Um, and what was the, what was the, the third wor- part? The worst challenge of all time. Oh, wow. Worst challenge of all time. I am not good at this game. Mm. Um... Season one, holding your breath underwater. Okay, fair enough. That was, I mean, it was a basic challenge. So yeah, I, I yeah, works. Uh, thanks, Miranda. Um, <laughs> one thing I would suggest, um, if you ever ever get an opportunity to watch any of the Australian Survivors, the very first one they ever did back in two thousand and two, um, I've grown a bit more of an appreciation for it now. But the challenges were woeful. They literally had a challenge where you had to guess how much water was in a jug. And how <laughs> how much weight you had lost, and um, how what it was, uh, it was just like a measurement challenge. Like, oh, you had to guess how long a meter was. <laughs> so the budget wasn't that great on the 2002 Australian Survivor. So um, yeah, there you go. So what did they they started it way back when, then started up again? Ah, uh, so 2002. Basically, it was. Um, it was written in the contract back in the early days of Survivor that if a network showed the American version, you had to produce a local version of it. So uh, 2002 Channel 9 here in Australia produced a local version. Um, and, I mean, look, it, it just didn't rate well. It wasn't brilliant. I mean, it's on YouTube. And, I, again, I've kind of become an advocate for this season because I think it, it like you can appreciate it a lot more now. But, yeah, it didn't do well. Um, and, basically, we miss, we never saw Marquesas in Australia because they basically went from Africa to Thailand, even though they promised they would show us Marquesas. Um, and then, so they gave it a... They didn't do it again. We've got three major commercial networks in Australia, Channel 10, 7, and 9. So, 9 did that one. Channel 7, then, four years later, attempted to do Celebrity Survivor, which were, of course, your C-list Australian celebrities, uh, which was a okay. bit of an improvement. It was okay. And then that never came back. And then randomly, uh, two years ago, Channel 10, the third network, randomly were like, hey, we're going to do another version of Australian Survivor. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> and then, so that Why? came back last year and it did pretty well uh, in terms of the fans liked it. American fans liked it. It was not the highest rating show, but it still did decent. It was pretty, like, it's, it, it feels like Survivor. It's got the music. It's got the editing. Our host is very similar to Jeff Probst. So, like, it was decent. Uh, and then it was brought back again this year. So there's always a debate. Like, I call this season that's on TV at the moment season four. A lot of fans call it season two because they forget the first two. They don't want to remember the first two versions right. of it. But um, So that's Australia's history at producing Survivor. So I, I can officially now, Dan, say that I'm a two-time Survivor applicant. Uh, <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> how many times Excellent. did you apply? <laughs> wow, two whole times. I know, right? Way to go, man. <laughs> How do you keep up with that staggering oh, pace? It's, it's a hard life, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> I, I applied over 100 times. There you go. All right, so I've got 98 times to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One single one single cycle, I sent in over 50 applications. Did you even get a call back? Like, stop nope, sending us tapes. No. <laughs> no. Well, back, I mean, that was back in the early days of Survivor. So right. what they used to do was you had to mail in a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't even send in a DVD. You had to mail in a videotape. And what they did, said was there were semifinal interviews, 
at these 16 different locations throughout the country. So there was Boston, New York, Philadelphia, uh, Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, Houston, Boulder. Uh, I can't remember where the rest of them were. And I thought to my, and they said, write on the outside of your envelope where you live closest to. So, and they had them all numbered. And I thought, you know something? And I started to think outside the box. I'm like, I might not be a good match for the Boston contestants, but I might be for New York. I might be for Miami. I might be for Baltimore. I might be for Philly. So I sent in five videotapes for each one of the locations that I was willing to travel to. Wow. So I sent in five videotapes, five different audition tapes for ten different locations. (laughs) So awesome. and I told people about this after the fact, like, oh my god, that was fucking brilliant. And did you get a call? I'm like, nope, I suck at life. Nope. <laughs> well, I tell you what, for uh, season five of Australian Survivor, I'm going to send in 98 applications to catch up to you. Actually, no, 99. Fuck it, I'm going to go one more than you. Uh... Oh, you're the man. <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Uh, 219. Thanks, yeah. buddy. I, I Appreciate actually, that. I, I applied for a job. Uh, actually, I ended up getting a job at this newspaper here in Hobart. It got to the point where I would send in so many resumes, so many, um, you know, applications. They literally sent me a letter saying, we have received an application from you on the following dates. And I listed all of these dates. And they're like, please note, we have kept your resume on file. Please, you do no longer need to send us any more resumes. (laughs) And I brought that with me into eventually when I got a job interview with them. And they said that helped me get a job with them because it showed persistence. So there you go. There you go, kids out there. Never give up. I'm not a positive person generally, but that's my positive attitude for this episode. All right, Marlene Bottoms. What a name. Hello, Marlene. Uh, I hope you're on top hey, of Miss. Hello, Miss Bottoms. <laughs> Just start making fun of our listeners' names, Ben. Good job. Um, what? <laughs> that was me, not you. I was blaming me, not you. Um, I Because this is what Marlene says. I'm not enjoying this season of American Survivor so far and think Australian Survivor has hit the bar high. Brilliant show this year. I'm even American, and I'm not enjoying it. I might be tuning out if things don't improve in the next few weeks. Ooh, Ooh, wow. But maybe once a tribe swap, I'll enjoy it. I don't care much for this theme. It's rubbish. Interesting statement. Uh, Dan, would you play an American versus Australian edition of Survivor, and how would you and Ben go on the season together. Can I just say, I don't read these before. Like, I mean, I could start reading one of these and it's Clearly like not. racist <laughs> and sexist. I really should screen them. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> Australian-American version and how would you and I go on the season together? <laughs> God. <laughs> well, we would obviously be the quick power couple. Of course. I mean, that's just, that's clear. Making out I the mean, bushes. You know, I, yeah. Oh, well, we would be Tweedledee and Tweedledum is what we would be. <laughs> I mean, that would... You know, that would... I got to tell you, I think that sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Australian versus American uh, uh, Survivor. I think it would work. I think it would be a very interesting dynamic between the, uh, you know, the. I, I honestly think that you guys would kick our ass. I don't think we've had really a standard of player that could match up to even the, the 200s players on this list. Um and the yeah, one which I'm not a part of. Thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> the, the one the one player that I think would be able to match it. Uh, our first winner, sadly, is no longer with us. Although, actually, no, I think a couple from that original original season could possibly. But yeah, I think you guys are a lot better players than we would be. So um, Australians are a different way about playing Survivor. We're more relaxed and laid back. You know, 
We're all friends. Right, right. Whereas Americans are cutthroat. So, um, yeah. I mean, well, not this season, they're not. No, <laughs> not yet. Uh, the thing is, I would say about that, yeah. though, is, uh, I mean, Dan's seen my performances in challenges. I mean, I basically had to pay money to get out of our Reality Rally Survivor Challenge because that I sucked so hard at that fucking hanging challenge thing, didn't I? So That is, yeah, very <laughs> embarrassing, dude. That is really, really sad. Yes. Yeah. So, that is, folks, that is completely true. Mm-hmm. He, we, there was a hanging puzzle, and you could just see, you know, the, there was four on a team. The three of us had completed our, you know, our challenges, and there's poor Ben looking at this challenge like a monkey looked at a physics book. <laughs> and it was just <laughs> awesome and sad all at the same time. I got, like, some of it, but then it was windy and it kept falling off and I was, like, having you yelling at me. I had Bob Crowley doing his best Jeff Probst, like, Ben, you've got to pick it up! And I'm like, I'm not good under pressure! Can I just pay my way out of this? (laughs) And they're like, sure, you can donate to the cause. Fine, take the money! I gave 20 bucks. Yeah. They like you can you can yep. take a time penalty and pay money, and I'm like, well, clearly I'm fucking up, so I'm paying the money. Uh, so I did, um, and I don't yep. think I don't think they actually even gave us a time penalty though. We were meant to take like a five minute penalty, but we just went. No, it was the other way around. You could either take oh, a, you could either okay. take the time penalty gotcha. or pay your way out of it. I should have and done the like, fire oh, building I'm... one. <laughs> I should have done that one instead of giving me the, the dangly challenge. Because I, when I was in, well, uh, she... when I was with T Bird, I beat her in a fire building challenge. I would have done all right in the fire. Well, the um, who was the lady that was with us? Her daughter was on Amazing oh, Race, the, right? The mother, I know oh, her daughter was on Big Brother. I can't remember her name. Uh, she was from Colorado. Big Brother. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she failed. The, the fire-making challenge. Oh, well, that doesn't get talked about, does it? Only Ben failing the, the dangly challenge. Let's forget about uh, uh, our teammate who fucked up a, the fire challenge. <laughs> listen, she's a woman. You're not allowed to say true, that now, true. okay? Sorry, that Rob, put the button down, emergency podcast. No, We're going to have it. an emergency podcast. Oh, stop it, Rob. No. Here it comes. <laughs> stop it, Rob. Put down the emergency <laughs> button. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, good. Put down the bat phone, okay? <laughs> Do not call the women's brigade, dear <laughs> lord. Um, Marlene adds, has a lineup for next week's final Australian Survivor been finalised? Uh, as I mentioned in one of our other episodes, Marlene, uh, Flick is lined up. We've just got to confirm over the weekend, so stay tuned to our social media. We'll put that out there. Uh, Mitch uh, says, now Mitch has sent in a few of these questions to some of our Australian Survivor guests, and he's come up with very interesting answers. Uh, first question for you. Who was the biggest diva around camp on your tribe? I'm guessing this is original, uh, blue collar, I would say this would be. Okay. So who's the biggest, Uh, who's the biggest diva? Oh, no two ways about it. Rodney. Hands down. (laughs) Oh, hands down. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, similar note. Who was the most annoying that you would be pleased to send them off to Exile Island from your season? <laughs> Rodney, <laughs> I love you, Rodney. You know I love you, but I don't think 
I don't think it could have been better TV than to have Rodney pissed off at camp because he's doing dishes on his freaking birthday and then to send him to Exile Island, he'd have a stroke. His head would just explode. I, I mean, just for the, the comedic value of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would go to Exile Island in his place. I would take that hit for him. But just to see the look on his face, it might actually be worth it for that first 30 seconds. Oh, goodness. That would be fun. Uh, now, his final question here. Apart from you, which three deserve a second chance from your season the most? I feel we had a similar question to this last season, but... Uh... Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Aside from me, because yeah. nobody wants to see me go back. That's exactly what deserves, he pointed out. Yep. Who deserves a shot? Hmm. Joaquin. Yes. I think Joaquin played a, a really smart game. Um, I think he was a, just a little out of touch and a little too overconfident. He was my winner's pick, he done, Dan. He was my winner's pick for your season. Yeah, how'd that work out? Well, um, I mean, the whole Worlds Apart preview episode worked out fantastically, as you know, for us, so clearly well. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Mike get another shot. Mm-hmm. Mike told me when we were playing that not only is he going to tie Sandra's record for two wins, he's going to be the only survivor to do it three times. Wow, big goal. And, and, I, and I think he could. Okay. I, I genuinely think he could. I think Mike is smart enough. I think Mike is savvy enough. But when you hear that Texas uh, accent, you want to just take 50 IQ points right off the top. <laughs> so I think, there's, I think there's a certain level of underestimation with Mike. And he is so warm and friendly and so quick to fuck you over <laughs> because he's there to play. 100%, 24-7, it never stops for him. Um, so I think I would like to see him get another shot. Um, and number three, who would I like to see get another shot? Um, Shireen? I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no on that one. Yeah. Oddly enough, I know that's a shock. I, yeah, I know yeah, that's true. a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's a surprise. Um, I mean, I, I think I'd like to see So play again. Yeah. I mean, I, having just watched her boot episode, I mean, I was, I, I forgot how sad I was to kind of see her go because, um, you know, I think she had a lot of potential. And I think out of all our first boots on our rankings list from memory, she might have been the highest placed because I think out of all the, the newest first boots, the three who would have been so, um, Darnell and I can't remember who was the first boot on Millennials Gen X. Um, but yeah, I think she had the most potential out of those three. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think she had an enormous amount of potential. I think she handled the, um, you know, the, you know, uh, honesty or deceit. I think they handled that so badly. I think they handled it terribly, um, and I think that was a, a big deal. And I was actually just talking to Tyler about it, uh, and I said, you know, something. If so, had just kept her mouth shut, Shireen would have gone home first. So would have stayed in the game. The entire season would have been so different, mm. so completely different. And Tyler laughed, and he goes, 
Well, there you go again. It's always the white collar's fault for everything that goes wrong in this world. And I'm like, yeah, it usually is. Um, Rachel was uh, the first bit of millennials. Gen X just uh, looked that up there. Uh, thank you for that question there, Mitch. Good questions. Uh, now, let's move through here. Um, now, I'm saving a couple of those for last because there's fun ones to end it. Let's go through some of these tweets that we got here, Dan. Um, right. actually, no, we'll leave them for a moment. Hang on a second. We're going to go here to, uh, oh, we got this comment on our Facebook page, uh, from a Dan Danimal Foley. Sounds like a stupid name. Uh, it says, holy what crap, I thought we were done with this guy already. Yeah, I wish we were too. I'm wasting my life God, on this no guy. Kid. Dan, thank you so much. That is probably the most insightful, intelligent comment we've had all night long. Yeah. That's just... Agreed. Agreed. What's wrong with you, Ben? Bringing this ass monkey back. There's plenty wrong with me, Dan. Uh, again, we'd need yeah, longer than four right, hours. We'd break yeah. the record. Um, now, yeah, I know you, you yeah. answered this one on our Facebook page, but I still ask this one on air. Um, Isaac Brower uh, said, Dan, which character from this season do you think is playing the most like your game uh, in Worlds Apart? Also, here to say, I love hearing your funny stories when you come on this show. Isaac, that's really nice. I... Genuinely appreciate. It's always nice to get some positive feedback for a change. Yeah, one out of 20 um, is not bad. Yeah, well, one out of 120 is more like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, i got to tell you, I, I was super impressed with Chrissy this week. I really was. I think, she, I think she made a good move. The way that they made it look was that the two of them were definitely together, so the older mom brigade type, you know, hashtag mom brigade, um, and you had said earlier that uh, Katrina said, no, we really weren't together. And the fact that she kept her mouth shut and didn't do that. But then she had this assessment of people. And she seemed to be pretty spot on from what it looked like. And, I mean, you know, believe me or not, whatever, that's what I was doing. And I had these, I had people sized up with what I wanted to do and how I wanted to go. And I had everything all lined up. I just couldn't get rid of Mike. But... I, I really liked her assessment of her tribe and how she broke people down and how she saw them and how she wanted to move forward and really weighing out her options. I think that was brilliant. I was very impressed. There you go. Thank you, Isaac, for that uh, question. Now, I'll get to these Twitter ones and then we'll get to these last two because they're, they're good ones. Uh, another, well, this sounds like a similar person that one we got before. Uh, Survivor Needs Dan at Chicks Dig Me. God, what a sexist, misogynist name that is. Um, replying to our post, uh, put down the emergency button, Rob. Uh, and who exactly thought that this was going to be a good idea in regards to having you on the show? Well, clearly nobody. Um, just... <laughs> putting that out there. Um, these are some good tweets here that we had. Um, let's see here. Uh, lad under- you-, lad- you saw these ones, of course, but Lad Undercover, 22. Uh, it's been a while, Lad, since we've had you message in for a, a comment. Um, replying to our post about questions for you, uh, they say, he says, Woohoo! Who on the new cast would be brains, brawn, beauty? Can we... Can slash will... He rank his season's castmates against your updated master list. Well, look, that could take some time, but uh, <laughs> any, I mean, can we? I don't want to go through everybody on this cast, I guess, because I mean, you and I will have to pull up the Wikipedia page, of course. But <laughs> anyone stand out to you yeah. straight away about being brains, brawn, beauty, just off the top of your head? Um, ooh. 
man, I mean, Ashley, you know, she could go either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could go between brains and, um, I mean, uh, between beauty and brawn. Um, I think she's very lovely, but I also think she's very strong, not just of body, but of character. Um, so I, I definitely like her. Jeez. Um, where would who would I put as a brain? I mean, I would put Chrissy in the brains. Mm-hmm. I really would. I liked her. I like her a lot. Um, you know, she was. I don't know. I I wasn't too thrilled with the first episode. I would certainly put Ryan in the brains. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Patrick. It's brains, bronze, and dumbass. So Patrick can be a dumbass. <laughs> I think that's uh, that seems fair. <laughs> That seems um, that seems reasonable. Okay, uh, and just just and, on that uh, note, though, can I just quickly interrupt? Oh, Ali! Oh, Ali! Ali! Yes, Ali's a brain. Yes, Ali's a brain. Like Ali, I like Ali a ton. I really like Ali. I am I am so hoping she goes deep because I really want to see her. I really want to see her do well. I I truly do. I agree. I do too. Um. So, and just, just quickly, I will just back up there. Uh, while Patrick might be a dumbass to Dan Foley, he's definitely not a dumbass when it comes to moving your belongings. Call Bolt Movers on six one five two one nine nine eight zero one in Nashville and double three four five two one two zero nine two in Auburn. Just, I mean, I hope they're just giving him a shitty edit. I really hope he's a great guy and he's smart and he's and he's everything else, but. He's just playing the, you know, they're showing him. Mm. They're really capitalizing on showing him as the dumbass, and I really hope that he's not like that. Yeah. Um, and if he and if he is, oh, God, get therapy, dude. <laughs> just do something. Um, if you're not really like that, then I am really sorry, Patrick. And when it, you and I finally meet, I'll buy you the first beer. I promise, dude. So I, I really hope for the best for this guy, but. Um, Right now, I think the only thing keeping this guy afloat is that he's a challenge beast. Good cover, damn. You know, everybody seems to be convinced that if they lose him, then they're just going to start losing every challenge. And from that perspective, I don't care how much you hate the guy. You have to keep him. Yeah. Your goal at this stage of the game is to not be on the short end of the numbers, which means you cannot go to tribal council. You have to avoid it. You have to keep a strong player over a trustworthy player every time and and figure it out later on. Completely agree. Lad, thank you for your uh, message. I mean, he he did add the ranking your season's cast mate against the updater. Look, uh, we sort of went over that a little bit before, uh, kind of gave you the positions there. Um, I mean, you would assume, based on their finishing positions, who would be your top... If you had to rank the top three from your season... Fairly, don't just put yourself at number one. <laughs> who, yeah, who would you yeah. put the top three in, and a rough positioning on a, a ranking of 498 players? Oh, 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 in, this, in the grand scheme of all the players ever? Yes, just like the top oh, three. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to be here for another four hours. I mean, you've got to drive to, you know, get Sari soon, but uh, what? what um, Oh, I'm already in the car. I'm already in motion at this point, pal. Thought so, thought so. Yeah, I want to make your dreams come true, so. <laughs> oh, God, don't get so me started minute, on where those. Would you put, where would you put the... I, I, I don't know. I don't understand the question. So, look, let's just say, of your entire cast, who to yep. you, and not just necessarily based on finishing position, uh, who to you were the uh, best three players on your season? 
who are the best three players on my season? Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, I have to say Mike is number one. He mm-hmm. fucking won. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's, he's he's clearly. I think he made bad moves, but I think he made great moves. You know, and he won the game, so I think he belongs up there. Um, I I think Joaquin was a little too complacent, but he was still smart. Um, you know, I gotta give I gotta give props to Tyler. I think Tyler was, I think he was a big thinker, but he was a little too cautious. He didn't put enough out there. Um, but I, again, I really, once he, once he felt more comfortable in the game and once the merge took place, Tyler became a whole new person. Mm-hmm. It, it was like Jekyll and Hyde with him. And I think he was playing a much different game once the merge took place. And I think if he had played that all the way through, things would have been, you know, a lot better for him. I, I, I would put him, I would put him next. Okay. Um, and I put me at number three. Okay, you're allowed to. I didn't say you couldn't. So. Yeah. There you go. Uh, thanks, that lad. Uh, now the other tweets here again. You saw these ones, but I, I like these questions. Uh, Christopher Wilson at Lightsaber 1972. Here's my question to Dan: Can you tell the haters for me that if they didn't like your hashtag Survivor gameplay, then they can get bent? <laughs> Chris Wilson and I, we met at a Survivor casting call in, uh, in down in Pennsylvania, and I remember the first time I, 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 he said something to me, and I, he said something about somebody else, and I'm like, that guy's an idiot. He can go get bent. <laughs> and he looked at me, he said, they can go what? And I said, they can get bent. And he goes, what the hell does that mean? I said, it's basically telling somebody to fuck off, but as nice as I possibly can. (laughs) And he he laughed his ass off at that, and he stole that from me. And I'm like, no, you go right ahead. You take that. And he's a UPS driver. Right. and And I'm a postal worker. So, you know, we tease each other a lot. He is he is a, a great guy. I genuinely love this guy. I would really like to see him get his shot. Um, I think he's a little bit too passive. I don't know if he'll ever get his shot, but I, I have tried to help him. I've tried to give him every piece of advice that I can. He actually won a bidding war to have an interview with Allie oh. uh, when, she was, when she was still in casting. Wow. And it was a 20-minute interview with her. And uh, she talked to him for well over an hour. Wow. And gave him all kinds of tips and advice and all everything. And he still never got in a call. Wow. So I, I still I still have hope for Chris. Well, there you go. Fingers crossed, Chris. Um, and we look forward to speaking to you on the show in the future. There we go. Look at me being positive. Uh, Lisa Simpson. Um, Lisa Simpson. At Lisa Simpson 2004. Didn't realize that she was a fan of the show. Um, Dan, if you had to choose between watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off or all the Animaniacs episodes, Animaniacs episodes for one full day, which would it be? Oh, this is see. This is like you know. Would you rather you know cut off a finger or take out an eye? You know, it's like one of those impossible questions. Finger, right? That is just that's torture. <laughs> How can you? Why, seriously, that is awful. Why would you subject to somebody to, to that type of torment? 
I mean, I, it's time for Animaniacs <laughs> and we're zany to the max. So just sit back and relax. You left till you collapse. We're Animaniacs. I love the Animaniacs. I love them. I know all the songs. I have them on Blu-ray. I fucking love that show. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off was like the story of my life when I was in high school. You know, I, I mean, you used to skip school a lot and steal Ferraris, or <laughs> no? I mean, it's, I mean, well, I mean, yes, but I mean, it wasn't a Ferrari, but you know, technically, they didn't steal it; they just borrowed it and brought it back. So, I mean, you know, I ended up, I ended up crashing the St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston one year. Wow! And ended up. I ended up going along in the parade for a good mile and a half before I got kicked out with a bunch of friends. Um, I mean, we've just, we pulled such shenanigans when I was back in school with my friends. And that was like, even Cameron in that movie, he looked just like my best friend. Wow. It was actually, it was frightening when that movie first came out. I got calls from friends all over the country that were telling me I have to go see this movie because Cameron looks exactly like Norman Lewis. <laughs> and it was it was shocking how much they looked alike. And, uh, I mean, that was one of my all-time favorite movies from the 80s. So, uh, Lisa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... Uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to spank you. I think that's the choice I'm gonna have to go with. I, I think that's the only clear choice uh, when you put forth impossible decisions. I'm gonna go with spanking. So that's uh, that's it. Let's I'm be honest. That's that's reasons. the answer she was hoping for. Uh, <laughs> she, she was like, "Come on, spanking, 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 spanking." I, ap- I apologize, Lisa. Rob, don't have an emergency podcast. Put it down, Rob. Sorry. Put it down. Put the button down, Put Rob. The button down, Rob. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say is that uh, the the uh, we, Rob doesn't know we exist anymore. It's fine. Uh, um, the um, obviously with the Oz Network, we we branch outside of Survivor. We do other movies and TV shows, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one we're going to do one day because I'm with you. I love that movie. I mean, to to date me, Dan, it was released the year I was born. But I still love oh the movie. Um, but when love we do it. that, we might have to Dude, get you, if you on. Do that, if you, I was going to say, if you do that, you damn well better have me on. I absolutely want to be a part of that. Absolutely. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We're not sure when we're going to do it, but uh, it's definitely one we're going to do. Um, so, by all means, uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll get you on for that one. Uh, now, our last tweet one here. You've been waiting for this one. Um, Bring it on. $40 Coliseum parking at Free Plaxico says, is Mr. Foley aware that he's one of, if not the most <laughs> disliked and annoying person to play the game? Um, I, I, I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's news to wow. me. This, oh is the, this is the first time I've ever heard that. I've gotten nothing but positive feedback from everybody. <laughs> Huh. No one's well, ever done an emergency podcast based on anything Dan said. Like, this is no. weird. Like, this is weird. This, I'm, so, yeah. Listen, Plaxico, I mean, clearly you are just a hate, a hateful person, just filled with venom. And oh, I, I'm wounded to the core. I am just so hurt by your thoughtless and no, no, I see the light. 
I, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to start... I'm going to start hugging old ladies and kissing babies, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to save an orphanage in Africa. I'm going to turn my life around. Thank you. Thank you, $40, for bringing this to my attention. <laughs> oh, God. Who says the Oz Network isn't a life-changing podcast? We just changed a life. Um you know. Oh, you had nothing to do with it, you scumbag. It was $40. Well, as if you'd be fucking Who talking about this in another podcast, Dan. No other podcast wants you. Shut up. Uh- <laughs> listen, listen. This $40 is clearly worth so much more than 50 cent. So that's really what's important. Touche. You know? Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, as always, thanks for the uh, the comments. All right, now we've got two last ones here. Now, I'm going to actually end on this game. Richard sent in a fantastic game for us here. He's done this a few times on our Australian Survivor one. A bit of fun. But we're going to... I think we might have, on your Game Changers episode, had a message from our beloved Granny Survivor. Um, now, this is a listener who we don't know who it is, but she's old and sends in questions. Uh, one of the ones that you're obviously hugging, Dan, now that you're a change man. But a um, bit of oh, yeah. changing news here. This is a bit of sad, actually. I'm going to read this one out here. This is actually from Granddaughter Survivor on behalf of Granny Survivor. I'm just going to read this one out word for word here. Hello, Oz Network. No, Granny Survivor is not dead, but she has fallen ill and is unable to send in her weekly questions to the podcast this week herself. But we all know oh, she no. will kill me if I don't do it on her behalf. Oh. It's a bit sad, isn't it? Attaway, granddaughter. All right. Granny, whatever's going on, I send all my love, positive thoughts. I hope you're feeling better. You know, I hope you're back harassing Ben soon. That's how I like it. Now on to Granny Survivor, otherwise known as Grant to me. Questions for this week, which she wrote down for me to send. Oh, at least she's not that sick. Uh, hello, dears. I've fallen ill and unable to send in my weekly questions myself. I hope my dear granddaughter sent this in. Otherwise, I'm going to choke her. (laughs) That's it. Emergency podcast. Right. Protesting grannies everywhere. Dear Rob Sestanino, (laughs) you need to have an emergency podcast. Granny is choking (laughs) her granddaughter. Against violence against granddaughters. Oh, the horror of it all. Whoever this person is sending you this, you are the greatest. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Um, (laughs) Oh, shit, that's funny. Oh, God. It's the only time that sentence has ever been uttered on a podcast of ours, and it's not even due to anything to do with you or me or the guests, the the listeners. Uh, Now, this message will be shorter than usual, dears. What a fantastic week of American Survivor, even though I was too ill to really pay much attention through a copy of the episode through legal means, since I have a doctor's appointment tonight. I made sure this was one show I saw. Well, doctors could allow you to download things illegally, but okay. Will Ryan be the new David Cochran and Spencer, or will he be gone before the merge for the first time for his character type, Deers? Poor Simone, what a coincidence that the Asian contestants are always going home early lately now. I wouldn't put much thought into it, Deers. It's just a coincidence. Uh, So the question there was, will Ryan be the new David Cochran Spencer, or will he be gone before the merge? Um, I would not put Spencer into that category. Um, Spencer goes very deep into the game, but he is—he can't win. 
Uh, he's too abrasive. He's too. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's kind of he's kind of like Russell. He understands the game and he does it well, but he doesn't stand. He doesn't understand all of the game. He only understands most of the game. He doesn't understand the part about humility. I know this is coming from me, <laughs> but he doesn't understand the part about humility to be able to garnish enough votes to actually win the game. So I don't, I don't, I don't think Spencer belongs in that category. David, yes. Uh, um, Cochran, yes. I, I definitely would put those two, and I think he, I think he could be. I think he's that uh, the underdog nerd um, type of kid that could do very well in this game. I think he's got a lot of brains. I think he's very sharp. Uh, I think he's making some really smart decisions, and I am really interested to see what he does. I I will be very surprised if he gets voted off pre-merge. Um, if he makes it to the merge and he can continue to lay low, I think that's the new that's the new strong in this game is the laying low card. It's I think it's more unusual that somebody like a Mike, like a Tony, can win the game now. I think it's the people that lay low and they let everybody else fight it out. I mean, even Jeremy adjusted his strategy. He started to lay back. He was quiet. And he was very smart to be quiet. And the fact that everybody else missed it, you know, I thought was just amazing to me. But wouldn't you but argue I, that that's been a common factor in Survivor? I mean, people like Tony and Mike, I'd say it's more rare that those two types of characters win the game more so than the laying low characters. Well, I mean, I mean, look at, let's see, Kim Spraddling was definitely in that category. Um, who else was in that category? That Tom Westman, he was in that category. You know, def and I'm not just saying like the, but the person that was always out front, always, you know, leading the charge kind of thing. Um, uh, who else was would definitely be in that? Brian from Thailand, he would definitely be in that category. I think more people than, you know, than you might, uh, poverty was absolutely in that category. Boston Rob, I mean, granted his fourth time around, but he'd be in that category. Uh, I think Tyson, when he won, he would be in that category. He was definitely out there. Uh, hmm. I don't think I don't think a lot of the underdog people tend to win. I think it's more the other way around. And I mean, if you look at like the Natalie, um, uh, not the the Natalie that beat Russell. Natalie White. She, thank you. She only won because everybody hated Russell. It's not because they liked her. It's because they hated him. She was just the captain coattails that, and Russell's plan backfired. It, it's like um, playing pool. If you and I play a game of pool and I scratch on the eight ball, well, you didn't win, I lost. There is a difference. You may still you know, get the victory and the million-dollar check, but nobody sees Natalie White really as a strong winner. Well, she was the lowest in our poll, so, yeah. Oh, lower than Bob Crowley? Oh, yeah. She was... Um, really? And in my personal opinion, if that's me ranking that list based purely on winners. She's never my lowest. She's like my second or third lowest. But yeah, Natalie's not my worst winner. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. That's another debate. Anyway. Uh, so what else do we have here from our dear friend, granddaughter survival, granny survival, who you want to say? 
Um, I look forward to hear. I look forward, dear, to hearing what Dan has to say in the podcast. If I was well enough, I would have many questions his way. But just ask him what was the most interesting fan interaction you have ever had. This might be it. Uh, <laughs> this could very well be it. Because Granny, I'll t- Granny, I'll tell you right now, if you were feeling better, there would definitely be spankings for you. I'll tell you that right now. There would definitely, definitely be spankings. Just saying. The most interesting fan interaction. Well, I mean, I mean, the operative word there is interesting. Hmm. Um. You know, you I mean how do you define interesting, exciting, weird, uh, wildly inappropriate? Um, uh, whoa, interesting interaction. Um, okay, um, one of the local DJs. Uh, I was breaking the rules by doing radios, uh, radio interviews every week because I was trying to build up the show and build up, you know, some popularity and build up some. Um, some attendance at the the at the um, uh, uh, the viewing parties that I was having at one of the local restaurants, and it was a big, huge, wide open sports pub, and the DJ, uh, I actually knew her from you know from years ago. I had worked at the radio station, and uh, when I went and did my interview one week, she mentioned that friends of hers wanted to have us over for dinner, and I said uh, I said sure I'll come. And she went, no, you don't have to be nice. I'm like, no, I'm not being nice. I'd love to get a free meal. Sure, that'd be awesome. (laughs) And I went over, and it was me and Aaron, and we're driving over there, and we were just chit-chatting on the way, and then she just stopped, and she looked at me, and she goes, is this weird? I'm like, yeah, this is really weird. (laughs) We have no idea who these people are, and we're just going to show up at their house, and they're going to make us dinner, and we're going to hang out and talk. And it was, we had a blast. It was, it was a, a gay couple, a couple of guys, and they were f- absolutely wonderful. Oh, my God, are they, they nice? And it was Lori and her wife, and it was me and Aaron, and it was, um, the, it was Lori's mother-in-law was also there. And it turns out she works with my wife, Erin. Wow. They actually work, they work together at the same place. And, uh, oh, we drank, and we laughed, and we ate, and we played Cards Against Humanity, and it was hysterical. We had a blast, and it was just strange, you know, strangers that don't know who you are, and they just invite you into their house, and we ended up having a great time, and we had a ton of fun. Fantastic. Sounds like a good night. There you go. That's uh, one of the the many quirks of being on Survivor. Um, Often... (laughs) People, when they meet me, uh, make sure that I do not come to their house. It's generally the opposite with me. They, like, straight away say, Ben, oh, no, no, don't, don't come to my house. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I got that a lot, too. You know, it's, uh, you know, you know, like $40 parking lot doesn't want me there, which is perfectly fine. So, uh, Grady just adds at the end, this is all for me, dears. I look forward to coming back next week when I'm feeling better along with new gains. We look forward. Hope you're better, Granny, on behalf of us here. Granny, I hope you're feeling better, sweetheart. Lots of love to you. All right. Let's close this out with Richard. Now, uh, Richard sent in some great questions over the last few weeks and seems to be a bit of a trend here to play a little bit of a game with our contestants. And I like this because some of these kind of, in- they'll involve me. They kind of like, one we had recently uh, with Andrew on our Australian Survivor recap was we got a list of 10 episode titles um, and that we had to guess the season. And it was like finales only. But it was like, I, you know, you don't usually often pay a lot of attention to the name of the episode. 
titles. So it was a very clever game. Um, and then one that we had recently, which is kind of in the same vein as this one, uh, was... I think it was Richard who sent it in. Basically, there's a very popular Australian Survivor contestant called Des, and he wrote a list of five different tweets, and Andrew had to guess whether or not that was an actual tweet Des had sent out or whether it was a fake one. So on that note, Dan, Richard has said... this is. I'll read this out. I'm glad you liked my Des game, Ben. Don't worry, I'm coming back next week for the finale with a new one. Cool, good to know. I have another game for you this week, Ben. This week on your recap guest, guest, Dan. Okay, the game here is Dan. Uh, he's written five quotes here that may or may not be quotes from the legendary Survivor player Courtney Yates. So, oh dear lord, <laughs> these are five quotes that either Courtney did or didn't say on Survivor at some point. So, I've got the answers in front of me, so I'm not playing this game. This is only for you. So you've basically got to tell me whether it is true or false that she said this on Survivor or not. So that's that's right. the rule. Our, our beloved Blondie. All right. Beloved Blondie, Courtney Yates. All right. And just can I just point out, if I'm saying any of these quotes, it's what's written in front of me here. Rob put the emergency button down. I'm not saying these about Get Courtney. Your hand off the button, Rob. Put hand it off, off the, button. the button. Okay. All right. Quote number one. Did she or did she not say this on Survivor, Dan? I'm probably the biggest bitch on the planet. <laughs> He's thinking. I'm going to go with that's true. She said that. Um, this is where it'd be great if I had a bell like Rob. Uh, ding. Uh, correct. <laughs> I, don't I, need... I vaguely remember her saying that. I don't need props. I am the prop. All right. <laughs> what? Ding, uh, ding. I Okay. Quote number two. I may be hopeless at challenges, but I'm definitely not as dumb as these losers. Oh, that does sound like something she would say, but I'm gonna. Say, I I still think she didn't. So you're saying that's a false? Uh, that's, that's not true. No, I'm gonna go with true. I'm gonna go with true. Should have stuck to your guns. It's false. <laughs> oh, damn it! That does sound like something she would have said, though. Uh, She's listening to this podcast. She's probably thinking, no, I thought that a hundred (laughs) times. Number three. I'm a determined little bitch, and I'll put up with a lot of crap to get to the end. Mm. Tricky, tricky. I'm going to go with false. True. It is true. Really? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, I don't, I like, look, I can't fact check these. Richard could be trolling us here. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. He hasn't told me the them. episodes or anything, but I, I believe you, Richard. I believe you. It's okay. I, you know something? I believe that you should move out of mom's basement and kiss a girl <laughs> instead of studying Survivor. That's what I believe. Yeah. I mean that in the most positive, loving sort of way, but this is this is cool. This is actually pretty cool. What all loot? right, go ahead. We've got two more to go. What Let's see if I can get into the winning their category. Parents at all. That's a terrible thing. Uh, question number four. You never then know... why are you laughing? <laughs> Just you be quiet, you. Uh, quote number four. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen between now and when the sun goes down. You never know what's going to happen between now and when the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds too... I'm going to go with true. You're going to go with true? 
you're going to go with yep. the correct answer. Ding, 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 ding. That's a really Excellent. bad sound effect. All right, last one here for you. Dan Foley, the final quote from Courtney Yates. Is this true or false? Go cry in the corner like a little bitch because you didn't get pizza. Oh, false. Ding, 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 correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, won, I, I ended up with a winning record. I can live with that. That's all right with me. I want to just a special note out there to anybody who ever goes on to play Survivor again. Maybe if I ever get on the show, I'll use that. But please use that quote. That's a fantastic quote. That's <laughs> a good quote. <laughs> that is females a good quote. Only. Females only. If it's a male, you will create an emergency podcast. Not allowed to. <laughs> Not allowed to. Just, That's right. There'll be emergency podcasts everywhere. Yes, we'll do one for the sake of it. Um, Richard, thank Fucking you. Fucking emergency podcast. <laughs> Can we do just you Richard, and I do an was, emergency sir, podcast? <laughs> honestly, Richard, you know something? That was really good. That was a cool game. He's, you actually had some good ones, and they, they the ones that were false sounded like she absolutely would have said them. You know what that I would love? Really I would love. I don't know if Richard has ever listened to our show pre the Oz Network. I don't know how much of a long term listener. I want somebody to do this game and actually do quotes that I've said because I wouldn't even remember if I've said them or not. So um, <laughs> there's a challenge for you, Richard, or anybody out there. Play this game with: Did Ben Waterworth actually say this on Survivor Oz? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd be scared. Um, Richard, everybody else, thank you for sending listed questions. Dan, uh, to you. Uh, look, I can say we've only gone two hours and twenty minutes. So. Two- yeah, you know, I was going to say it's almost two and a half hours, buddy, so it's a short episode it for is, us. It is. It is a very short Killing episode. Uh, much Killing appreciate me. your time, as always. Uh, thank you. And and anything exciting happening in your life right now? Dan, any updates? Any shout-outs you want to give or any sort of plugs you want to give for the social medias that you might sort of uh, run and own at the moment? I'm actually uh, I'm going to be making a run to Albuquerque, New Mexico in two weeks. I'm going down to visit my in-laws. And uh, I had promised my nephew that I would watch him play a game of football. He's a big football player, loves playing it. I used to play. So I pro- and I, I promised him that I would see a game before he graduated. And say what you want about me, I keep my word. I never make a promise that I, I, I – if I make a promise, but come hella high water, I will keep that promise. And three years ago, I was off filming Survivor. Two years ago, Survivor was on, and there was still all kinds of you know hoopla going on. Uh, last year, I was still doing some charity events. I wasn't able to get down there. This year is the senior year. And um, so I'm flying down to Albuquerque with my wife to visit her family. And uh, I'm going to be down there for what's called Senior Night. Nice. And on se- on Senior Night... They announce all the football players that are seniors, and um, he has asked me to walk him onto the field. Fantastic! And I am, I am really proud, and I am very excited, and uh, I, I cannot wait. I'm really psyched to go down and visit my my in laws. I actually like my in laws quite a bit. Wow! So uh, yeah, I'm real. I'm, yeah, a little bit actually. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kind of psyched about it, so I'm looking forward to it. And then I'm going to Oklahoma for training with the post office in November, and uh, I've already reached out uh, reached out to Chris Hammonds, Great. and uh, he and I are going to get together and spend a little time together. And um, who else is from Oklahoma? 
Oh, I was about to ask, is there anybody from Albuquerque? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I can pull up the list in a second, but um, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, like, two, two states you've mentioned I've actually not been to, so I, I, I wouldn't be able well, to tell you. Well, I know Zeke is originally from Oklahoma, but he lives in New York now. Right. Okay. No, I, I don't. So. I, look, we, we can find out. There's people listening right now. Uh, who are probably oh yeah, screaming. tons of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all you know they're all screaming for the emergency podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, it's fine. It's uh, uh, just well, I mean, just I've literally typed in uh, Oak, so Scout from Vanuatu is originally from Oklahoma. Uh, there's a random one for you. Um, who else have we got here? Um, I think that's it. What I'm looking here at the moment. This is great. Love podcasting. Uh, Chris, as you just mentioned. Uh, so there you go. Your two scouts, the only extra one there that you can add to that list. So um, there you go. Yeah. No? No. <laughs> um, I'm good. Thanks. And I don't think Appreciate we're, that. By the looks of this, we might never have had a New Mexican contestant from for Survivor. Is that true? That can't be right. Surely we've had a New think, Mexican. I don't think that's true. Hmm. I think the only... I think the only state... Well, no, I take that back. I know there's never been a contestant from West Virginia. There, I did I see that how... list recently. There's never been officially uh, Alaska and Hawaii. Um, okay. But, oh, where did I see that list? There's only been about five states. I, I'm doing this on air right now. I don't care whether this is bad or not. Uh, <laughs> because I, I, it was actually a very interesting list. Uh, states that have never been on Survivor. Here we go. I, I know there's a list online here um, of this, um, which is interesting. Hang on a second. This uh, just talk between yourselves, listeners. Um, you think we? This is why people listen to Rob has a podcast emergency episode or not? They don't do this. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to continue to regale you people with the Animaniacs theme song. It's time for Animaniacs <laughs> and Zany to the max. All right, here we so go. Got it. Relax. You can stop now. Oh, you got it. All right. Got it. All right. So there are six states that have never had contestants from Alaska, Hawaii, right. New Mexico, North Dakota, West Virginia, and Wyoming. There you go. Six states. So there has never been a, a New Mexico contestant. Never been someone oh. from New Mexico. You've got to hunt for one when you're there in Albuquerque. Walter White, if he's still alive, secretly, underground or something nice. like that. Like, <laughs> I believe know. Walter White got blown up, didn't he? So, yeah. Uh, no. Something like that. But uh, So there you go. So North Dakota, New Mexico, Hawaii, Alaska, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I know Purple Kelly was discovered in Hawaii, and she was studying in Hawaii at the time, but she's originally from Arizona. But she's not from Hawaii, no, right? no. But, um, I mean, that surprises me that Alaska and Hawaii have never had them. Like, I don't know. I think there's something unique about having someone from Alaska and Hawaii on uh, Survivor. So, maybe that's just me. I recently visited both states and loved them both. So, uh, on Australian Survivor, Dan, out of all the four seasons, we've got eight states and territories in our great country here in Australia. We've had seven of the eight represented. And my home state of Tasmania has never had a Survivor contestant. So, there you go. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> That's why, because I'm from here. Anyway, well, well, clearly you're the man. Yes. You are the man to change all that, Ben. <laughs> we are we are at the the end here, Dan. But thank you so much. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, best of luck with uh, everything moving forward. And you know we're going to get you back on again, whether it's for the Ferris Bueller one or an emergency episode or just whatever we feel like. Oh no, not an emergency podcast. Oh, put down the button. Jeez. <laughs> and as always, a 
big, big thank you to Dan there. A lot of fun, as you can tell, uh, we had in that episode. And uh, love or hate the man, he's always good for an episode. So um, we appreciate Dan's time. And all the questions that we got sent in. We're getting some great questions that have been sent in throughout these episodes, uh, and good to be back here talking about US Survivor, obviously uh, having to cover two episodes there, but next week we uh, obviously hope to be covering the one, given uh, the issues that we had, obviously, with the Debbie recap, and again, we will hopefully be having that rescheduled at some point throughout this season, and uh, as mentioned in the episode, of course, all questions that were sent in to us have been saved and we will revisit those um, once we get that, of course, locked in. Now, uh, moving forward with our US Survivor coverage, if you haven't heard our Simone exit interview, that, of course, is available online for you to listen. Uh, and moving forward to our next recapper, uh, we're keeping things in the Worlds Apart family. We're going to be speaking with Carolyn Rivera, uh, of course, uh, co-runner-up of Survivor Worlds Apart. It's been a while since we've had Carolyn on the show, so uh, that is our planned guest as of right now. Again, things can always change. Stay tuned to our social media pages just to um, see whether or not that ultimately is the case when it comes down to uh, that guest. Uh, obviously, the Oz Network search us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram now, and uh, all the variety of channels. And for our Australian Survivor fans, as mentioned, Flick hopefully is still that guest. We will, again, be able to confirm that with you hopefully over the weekend. Stay tuned to the social media pages. Exit interviews coming your way uh, next week. We mentioned in our exit interview with Simone that uh, we have been informed that Sunday night's episode of Australian Survivor is an elimination episode because we have been informed by Channel 10 that we will have an exit interview on Monday morning. Therefore, that means that there's clearly going to be an exit on Sunday evening. And uh, all the other contestants that do get eliminated, and of course the top three, top two, top one, all... uh, fingers crossed we'll be appearing on the show next week so stay tuned for that and uh everything else in between hand we'll have our wrap-up australian survivor episode with noah eventually and of course our australian survivor rankings episode with cable and eventually the hall of fame one that we're still kind of in the uh planning stages as well so stay tuned lots of uh, coverage still to come for survivor fans for non-survivor fans and don't know why you listen to this episode but you might really like us cool thanks for that uh our face-off recap uh, anniversary month went out today uh, if you're a fan of Face Off, it's a great movie. You can hear that recap. And our DC month starts next week uh, when it comes to one month worth of DC movies. We've also got a few little other tricks up our sleeve. We just mentioned, of course, uh, on our Noah Roundtable episode that Lost, we're covering Lost. Very excited for that. That's going to be a new TV recap added to our staples there. So stay tuned for that one and plenty of other interesting content coming your way. Put out the plea uh, in our Andrew recap for Australian Survivor. It would be fantastic if you could head to iTunes and leave us some feedback as well as rate us. Uh, we need to sort of catch up a little bit there. It would be great if we can get to 10 by next week. We're on 6 at the moment. So if you haven't left us feedback or rated us on iTunes before, uh, it would be very much appreciated if you could head there and help us out on that service. Uh, and in the meantime as well, you can do the same on Sp- uh, Spotify, Stitcher, of course, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, as I've already mentioned. It's been a lot of fun talking about Survivor again. And once again, I should mention thanks to Dan for his time on the show today. Thanks, everyone, for the questions. And we'll be back to talk more about Survivor heroes, healers, hustlers next week here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next week. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.